Attacking me. Uh, episode two twenty three. Nick's here. What's up? Jesse's here. Yo. Justin is on the ill side tonight. I think they're working him to death. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're they're gonna drive that man into the mm-hmm. ground. So it it might sound a little different tonight because there's a little bit of a different setup it's involving like a blanket and a heater and alcohol. Wow. He's actually correct. Um, I could totally be taken out of context. (laughs) But it's Uh, true. It is true. A little bit of, uh, you know, you know, spooning sometime maybe later. Mm -hmm. Well, we have helicopters. Helicopters. Uh, Beer. Beer. And hard alcohol. Hard alcohol. And oxy. Yeah. And a schload of goblins. A schload. Literally. A schload. There is one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven goblins in here. Two of which are gassers. Yes. Yes. Rap. So if you haven't put two and two together yet, I'm actually in Washington at Nick's place, and we are in the heli trailer, uh, separated by a blanket because Nick farts too much. (laughs) (laughs) I got him good earlier. (laughs) (laughs) He walks out of the trailer... Comes back in a few minutes later, he goes, man, it smells like someone shit my pants in here. (laughs) (laughs) So I made the trip to Bellingham, and I stopped and visited my brother last night, stayed there, and then uh, made my way up here. Did it get any shorter? Did it get any shorter? Yeah, the drive. No, it didn't. No. It got faster, though, with that new truck. It did. It got much faster. And I got a... I've... So... You know, I remember, Jesse, a long time, you and I were talking about the tonneau covers, right? And I told you that I would would check to see how watertight it is and let you know. Mm -hmm. I've come to the realization that watertight, for me, means something completely different for you guys because of the weather. Mm. Massive rain. Trailer decided that it was going to start peeling apart. And I've, I've I've come to realize that the reason it rains so much here is... I think God's trying to drown all you guys up here in the Northwest. Probably. But you persist. That's like right. The you cannot be broken. My freaking canoe. <laughs> so I was on my way out just past Spokane, hit very high winds, and I noticed that the front edge of my trailer was starting to peel away. Yeah, on the side. The trim was... Anyway, got some duct tape out. <laughs> and uh, duct- Fixed it right up. <laughs> Fixed it right up. I stopped and got some supplies today. Me and Nick are going to take a look at it at some point this weekend. We going to fix it. Going to fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More glue. More glue. More glue. 
this the stuff that I got, Jesse, it's rubberized mm-hmm. uh, adhesive tape that's $100 a roll. How big is the roll? Four inches wide, 25 feet long. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fancy pants, no tape. Yeah. <laughs> they told me, be happy with where it ends up adhering. It will never move. <laughs> <laughs> for that, that's like that that sounds about like the stuff to fix the to patch the roof on the motorhome i think I this used. is actually what it's this like is. yeah is it gray yes yeah that's the same stuff it will never come off ever you'll rip whatever it's stuck to off before it <laughs> unadheres so i'll wreck i'll have a wreck and the trailer will be demolished but that corner will still be intact <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Jaws of Life are going to be over there like Meh. we can't get him out because of the tape. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and start because I wasn't here last week. I um I decided kind of very promptly and um without much thought. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a few days off from work. I'm going to head up, go visit my brother, and then uh, come up here and hang out with Nick. Bring the helis. So I put in a couple days. I left Wednesday morning and I threw the parts for my two helis and the oxy into a couple boxes, brought the V bar or the V control and all my stuff. And, um, Nick and I have been staring at the, at the gassers here for about a half an hour and thinking that they look pretty cool, but we're going to try to actually finish up the, basically the setup. It's all, they're all built. I mean, uh, for the most part, a little bit of, uh, got to do some, uh, very small, like finish the head on one of them and uh, get the booms on and uh, get them fired up. Get the governors working. Yep. We're pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about it. I don't know if Nick is. Nick, you excited about it? Heck yeah, man. You know that I love those <laughs> things. Like, you'll be lucky if you leave with two. <laughs> I, uh, they are great. I, I, I want to, you know, the, the thing that I really like about this is, uh, I've always said that, if I was going to get into a gasser, it was, I wanted a native gasser, like, you know, something that was designed from the ground up as a gasser. Obviously this is a conversion, but boy, the guys at Leviathan really put some thought into this and it does not look like a conversion. I mean, and it looks, it looks and feels and was put together like from the ground up as a gasser helicopter. It's these things are legit, man. I mean, 100% legit. It's just works of art. Absolute works of art. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I think uh, by the end of the weekend, I should be leaving with um, at least, uh, you know, probably won't get any flying in because all the sinners up here in the rain. You never know. <laughs> That's true. I noticed that. You know what else I noticed? Here's what else. I, I noticed that the rain falls with precision here. In other words, <laughs> you could be standing and take two steps to the left, and you could be not in the rain. And take two more steps to the right, two steps right to the to the right, back to the right side, and be in the rain. It's like precision. It's like it doesn't just slowly taper off. It's like it's either on or it's off. That's what I noticed on the way up here. And it today. can change. Like the weather people are the worst, the absolute worst. What a great job! I know. I want that job. You could just. Totally sucks. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You could be wrong all the time, and what are we going to tell them today, suckers? Yeah. Yep. Well, I think a weatherman job up in this area of the country would be awesome. It's going to rain. Probably going to rain. Probably going to rain. Don't make any big plans. It's going to rain. Yeah, fifty percent chance of rain today. 
Those are good odds. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> but I got to tell you, on the drive up from Olympia, because that's where my brother, he's uh, stationed out at Fort Lewis. And uh, we were, I was driving up and I was thinking, it must suck for like, you know, you guys living out here, th- you know, being a, you know, Thursday and looking out and it's sunny because it was mm-hmm. very nice driving up here. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit one little patch of rain. That's it. But you're thinking, it's like, you're looking out the window. It's like, man, look at it out there. It's beautiful. The weekend comes. It's going to rain all week. <laughs> it's going to rain all Dude, week. That's Damn, how this it does is it. what we've been describing for yeah. months and months. Because it's very pretty in this area when the sun's shining. Oh, the best. It is absolutely. I was I was driving up and going, man, this is real. I, it's very, I mean, Montana, where I live in Montana, it's very mountain-esque. There's a lot of mountains, a lot of, you know, high elevations, and uh, it's not the prairie side of the state. And it's very nice pretty much all the time as far as aesthetics. But it's prettier here. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's always raining. <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, I couldn't deal with that, but aside from that, man, it's very nice here. I like it. I mean, when it's nice, yeah. <laughs> so Two, like three days out of the year, and I don't three, mind, three weeks know, out of the year. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting to the point where I can tolerate the rain after thirty a, years <laughs> a bit, but I mean, it's these stretches, you know, of like two and three weeks. Just nonstop every weekend, three weekends in a row that are raining. It's like, all right, now I'm just starting teases to just- you. So when you guys watch the news and you hear like drought, like people complaining about drought, can you relate to that? You're like, what no. the fuck are these guys talking about <laughs> no, drought? Not at all. <laughs> Why don't they get some water trucks up when here? When someone says drought, I'm like, oh my God, there's going to be no puddles in my backyard. This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So we're up here and I've got, uh, like I said, the two, and I got the oxy here as well. So we're going to get yep. that going. Nice and, little, nice little heli. Yeah. It's, um, looking forward to it. I got, it's all set up. I mean, I'm, um, we're going to try to, try to squeeze out a little more head speed out of it tomorrow. And we're going to, we're going to look at the, uh, I'm having a little bit of governor issue. Nick's going to take a look at it, make sure I have it set up right. I think right now I'm telling it to use two governors at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the fighting governor so is trying to decide well, which that way if right. one fails <laughs> it's a redundant governor <laughs> it's a redundant governor setup I mean it makes perfect sense it was working it was working great I mean I got the first uh, couple head speeds but the high head speed I wanted it would just uh, you know it would go from like 32 to 35 back to 32 so I'm looking for 3600 head speed on that uh, on that oxy that's almost what I have my 500 sport up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I could get this up to, uh, some guys are running this at um, over 4,000. Oh, yeah. But I don't think I need that yet. I, don't, I can't have that kind of power at my hands. Giddy up. <laughs> bad things will happen. Bad, bad things. So yeah, you know, just kind of hanging out, um, going to enjoy the weekend and try to get some, uh, helis finished and, um, get back to flying hopefully this week. Hey, these. we did the battery swap. Oh, that's right. We got, uh, extra batteries for RV control. Jesse, you jealous? No. You should be. My, mine lasts just fine. Yeah, but dude, you would be surprised. It's a one cell battery, right? 
Mm-hmm. You put it in, and it's like, oh, that's like, it's not going to make a difference. But man, it makes a huge difference. In yeah, the that's a that is. Oh, and the weight. Yeah. Yes, yes, that is a worthwhile upgrade, and makes it's it easy. lighter than I would assume. But is the battery lighter? No, yeah, it makes it heavier. Should... Makes the whole thing heavier. Oh, it makes it heavier. So it gives you a gotcha. more substantial. It's a yep. Jesse. It is a whole additional battery. Gotcha. And so they have when you pop the back off, mm-hmm. it comes with uh, Velcro. And yep. you just Velcro it to your other pack, and there's actually a parallel plug right there on the board. Yeah, just plugs nice. right in. I mean, it's a it's a three minute upgrade, totally worth it because it adds you know more weight to the radio, and then not to mention doubles the radio time. So, yep, no, that's awesome. And it's not that bad. It's really not that expensive. I mean, just a battery. So yeah, so we got that. I mean, I was surprised with the difference that it made. I mean, you wouldn't think, but it does. It just definitely feels more substantial. And I've always, I mean, we like that, right? We like feeling substantial things in our hands. <laughs> do you know what that's like, Jesse? I do, Dan. Do you? <laughs> I definitely do. All oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're on the same page. Nick, I don't think does. Though. Working on it. He's working on it. <laughs> he's saving up. <laughs> he's in talks with a doctor right now. Saving up. He's trying to figure out how much it's going to cost. It's a lot. <laughs> See if his insurance will cover it. So I brought the, like I said, I brought the trailer, got a leak in it. That's not good. Nick and I are going to take a look at that. And um, the new truck did fantastic. It's nice to pull the passes at 70 miles an hour. Not even downshifting. Feel the power. Duramax. Ugh. I'm now a big Duramax fanboy. Is yeah. it commercial? Yeah. <laughs> Are they sponsoring the show? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Feel the power, power, power. Your diesel expert, the Chevy Duramax. So, yeah, that kind of wraps it up. I haven't been doing a whole lot uh, other than um, getting these helicopters to the point where they are now, uh, trying to build two identical helicopters. You know, I'm trying to trying to keep them at the same level of buildness so to speak, I guess. So basically when, they, when they're when they done, they're both done at the same time. And they're pretty much there. So uh, looking forward to finishing it off and uh, firing up the Coleman fuel. Oh, yeah. Hot dog fuel. Hot dog helicopter. So that about wraps it up for me, guys. Who's next? I'll go since I'm sitting here next to you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, uh, that is like past the mic. Yeah, pass the mic. Hey, hand it over here. With all the different retailers out there, it can be hard to decide where you want to spend your heli money. Ken over at Lower Heli helps make that decision a little easier for you, though. With amazing prices every day, great customer service, and fast shipping, you don't have to worry about bouncing around anymore. Go visit Ken at www.lowerheli.com and fill that shopping cart with the confidence that you're getting the best prices backed by amazing support. Head on over to www.lowerheli.com and fly lower. Uh, Let's see, what did last weekend bring? Oh, that's right. A schlode. No, let me rephrase that. A flowed of flying. A whole lot of flying happened. 
didn't it, Mr. Jesse? A float? You're going to have to... Cu- I don't know if it's quite worthy of that. It's a float. I was out there. What's a, What does that quantify that? I want to say... Over 25? No. Was not a float. Though. For <laughs> winter, that's a float. What? what For was? this time of the year. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, it's in contact. No, I got <laughs> out and spent a good mature... I would say, what, 10.30-ish, something like that, till... Mm-hmm. Four, maybe, right around there, out of the field, which was like amazing. Ten thirty to four. Yeah, that's a day, man. Yeah, I mean, for it's almost for, all the sunlight that this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that like is the day. Yeah, that is the day. No, it was great. Like I couldn't be any happier to be able to get out there for that long. Um, my son was a sport. I told him, you know, he's getting to that age. And he's such a reasonable kid. It's like, hey, buddy, what should we do on Saturday? And he goes, well, you know, you haven't flown. <laughs> so I think that if it's nice, we should go to the field. Here's here's a 20. You're good and I'm like, <laughs> you're like, high five. I yeah. love this kid. <laughs> so, yeah, we have our little ritual. You know, we hit Mickey D's on the way out for some breakfast and... um. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool. I'm I'm having a. Uh, it, it was just awesome to get out and fly. I mean, nonstop. I can finally 100 percent say with thumbs up satisfaction that soldering my UI sensors was okay. My method was acceptable. <laughs> I now have all of my packs and stuff uh, totally dialed in with my methods that I showed on the um, on the YouTube videos that I did. And, I mean, life is really good when it comes to the flying thing. I had a lot of fun. I also set one of, I don't know if you guys remember, but back at the first of the year there, we set some goals for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I had mm-hmm. three, actually, I had four uh, kind of broad, three specific ones and one broad one. And, and one of those, uh, one of those goals was uh, left rudder, pero flips, down low, right rudder pyro flips down low, left rudder pyro TikToks, and then I kind of grouped one broad into just like to really up my funnel game. I mean, like really, really up it. And so I spent the day flying and working on uh, working on the funnels, and I can happily say that when it came to the left rudder pyro flips, I got those down to eye level. That was the first time that I have done them at eye level, consistently held them there, and felt actually really comfortable doing it. So I'm uh, nice. I, that, I think that was a big boost for my confidence, being so early in the year, being able to mark one off. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I feel like That's awesome. And probably the Piro TikToks are next. They're, they are, uh, I think with a little bit of warmer weather where I can like really feel my fingers and all that good stuff. <laughs> they'll and just stick time. Those are just gonna take stick time to get dialed in. Funnels are getting good. I have my my um tail down Mobius ones actually way dialed and can do them in both directions now. Uh, as far as like, you know, which which way you switch in the middle. Uh, so that felt good. And and really working on fighting those um with the wind. It was a little bit windy out there. So it was it was good. 
really forces you to learn how to fly the funnel, not just stick position sort of a thing. So yeah, man, I had a great day. I mean, everything flew awesome. Um, I did. Oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, Jesse got to experience it. Uh, I did my first flights at, I think it was 3,300. Yeah, 3,300 RPM and 13 degrees of pitch with the 500 Sport. Yep. <laughs> what do you think of that? Hot rod. It is a slick Ellie. It's, it's fast, dude. You're cruising. Yeah, it's and it. I mean, okay, it rips it, it. What I was amazed of for how small of a heli. I mean, first off, just was the the speed, but then how well the thing tracked too. Every time, like every, every single run. Time. Yeah, yeah. I only had one pitch up, and it was me. I mean, it was totally me, and it wasn't like horrendously bad. Um, but so if we get a break in the weather, can you do it out in front of your house here down the street? Uh, down sunset down so oh my god that'd be so great dude the sound uh, yes we need to go between buildings though because i feel like the sound would make if Just i'm gonna get in trouble the, then let's really make it go, worth it you want to do it big, yeah. you're gonna get in trouble you gotta make it worth your time no it's fun i'm having a lot like i am really having fun uh with that heli in specific and the speed thing it's kind of weird because it is it's very very satisfying but yet, despite absolutely loving it, I I still don't feel the need for the seven hundred, which is which is kind of weird. And I think it's just uh, I think that's is it. You that doesn't feel the need, or your pocketbook that doesn't feel the need. That's the key. <laughs> like it's still just so much more expensive that it's just really not worth it. Like it, it's gonna suck if that five hundred goes in, but it's not gonna like. Yeah, but not <laughs> okay. Not even the not even if it goes in. I mean, you're talking 40, 50 flights for a set mm-hmm. of packs. Seven, eight bucks a flight. Yep. It's fun, but Hope it's love it. still just back and forth. I mean, I'll be. I mean, yeah. But I, I'm I'm really enjoying learning the tuning on it. I gotta say, I was uh, because of the past history, I didn't have. The highest. Well, I had high hopes, but was expecting not that great uh, with you know with the V bar because it's never been known for speed. But they have done some updates um, over the past ones that did address that, and I just figured that combined with it, okay, it's not a BD or it's not a B Stacks or whatever, and it's me who sucks, and it's a smaller model. I did not expect that it would fly this well. And it's actually tracking and flying better and better the faster I go. So none of that porpoising that we saw at RCHN3? No, dude, Jesse can tell <laughs> you. I mean, just no, solid he, run. And he didn't almost hit somebody. No, solid was- run after solid run after solid run. No, it was good. Give me an idea. What do you think? Uh, I know you, you. it would be a guess at best. What do you think you're hitting speed-wise? Oh, I'm definitely faster than at at there. So you think you're 100 and what were you at? You were like well, I think one, no 115, 15, yeah, yeah, and so I'm 120 ish in the 20s, I'd say. Yeah, maybe in the low low 20s. And I mean, I, I got that's fast for 500. <laughs> <laughs> I got room though. I mean, I'll be honest, I got room. I'm a, I'm only, and I do say only at 33. I will probably potentially maybe attempt to push it to 35 but 
Um, I have ran out of motor right now. That's that's my big problem. I have maxed out at a 24 tooth and I have reached the governing limit in the hobby wing where, you know, increasing any higher is getting me more head speed in a hover, but not under full. It's going to drop right back down. Yeah. So I think I'll probably start bumping up in pitch for now. Maybe try and get up to around 14, leave the <laughs> RPM where it's at. And then I really need to get like a 650. The uh, Let's see. Scorpion makes a 4025, 650. Mm-hmm. Or X. What's in there right now? This is a, KV? An, oh, it's a 550 KV. 550. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the old eight pole HK Scorpion motors. Mm-hmm. So an uh, X Nova makes a 4025, 670. That would work. So either one of those. So yeah, if anyone that's listening has one of those laying around that they want to sell, let me know. They're pretty rare. Not very many people have them. So what's the difference in the tuning? What what I mean? Um, what are you? Obviously, your three D tuning is different than your. Well, so you know, it's funny that like the actual tuning has been like the gains and stuff has mm-hmm. been really easy, like surprisingly easy i kind of justin has a great write-up um and at our fun fly he did a little deal but i think there's actually a tech tip as well on what to do you know just dropping your tail gain dropping your head gain and that has worked great i would say the biggest shocker for me was like rates and expo and that is actually what you saw that was a problem at our fun fly dan too little expo uh, no, I just left everything the same. Well, yeah. that's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, I don't need it to flip and roll. like. So I, you softened it up in the middle with the Expo? I added actually a little bit more Expo, but I dropped my rates tremendously. I mean, oh, I usually sure. run up, you know, depending on the model, between 96 to 100 in the V-Bar for the, uh, you know, for the overall agility. Right. But... I'm down like way low, so, low 80s, even in the 70s. Because once you get into position, it's kind of a set it and forget it, isn't it? It it is when it's when it's flawless. It is set it and forget it. But you need to be able to make small corrections, and it, it's not so much that like I'm worried about pulling up too fast and making the model go up too fast. It's that you're pushing. You know, it's all about blade stall getting as fast as you can without stalling. And that's what happens when you get a pitch up. Well, giving cyclic adds more pitch to the blades. So if you're already kind of teetering, you know, let's say I'm running at 13 while well, I'm at a full 13. Well, at that forward speed at 115 miles an hour, you know, you're on the brink of stall. So now all of a sudden I give three degrees of cyclic and it could just push it over the edge, you know, for yep. that forward speed and that head speed. So slowing the rates down gives you a little bit like you can actually slowly pull back a little bit and not have it apply too much right. cyclic to where it just pitches up instantly. So that's what you saw at the fun fly. Right. It, it wasn't that, that like the head gain and the tail gain were actually really close. It was just I had so much cyclic in there. At that speed, I couldn't finally adjust it enough. So that's what I'm really getting dialed in now. Um, 
and it, it's I mean it's working. I'm I'm going lower. I'm not focusing on numbers. I'm just focusing on how it flies and technique and trying mm-hmm. to get my runs. I would say one of the hardest things is really keeping the runs uh, perpendicular to you. You know, really staying perfectly in a line. I start going out farther on the left and in closer on the right as I do them more progressively. So it's just like Justin said, a lot of it is technique and I can easily probably go out and pick up three, four, five miles an hour more just by technique. Hmm. But it's fun because I don't feel like I'm spending a ton to go out there and do it every time. It's still big enough to where I can do it and have fun. And I actually have the confidence in the model that it's, it's not like I'm just going out there and flying a T-Rex 500 fast. <laughs> well, no, I mean, seriously, though, it is, a, it is a, for the size that it is, I believe that it's a very capable helicopter for doing this. So, yeah, I mean, dude, I got plans, bro. I want to go out there and freaking, I want to go, I go bro. My, my, my goal at our fun fly this year <laughs> is next to Justin, which he can't, that's not fair. I want to smoke them all. I want to. I want to beat the seven hundred class with my five hundred. Wow! There you go. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun to try. I mean, who knows? <laughs> oh, but on that, uh, Dan, you saw I, I unboxed. I finally got. I figure since I'm starting to really push it and have fun and want to invest in it, um, I did pick up the Mikado GPS. Yes. To try. And the uh, UI sensor for it. Got to got to find out where I'm nice. at. I I have no idea as far as current draw and all that sort of thing. And I want to start getting more out of my flight times too, and you know paying attention to my batteries a little bit better. So, yep, got me some of those. Jesse got me some of the XT one fifties. Those showed up. Love my connectors, baby. <laughs> Haven't had a single problem. I'm still stuck in the EC5 mm-hmm. era. Yeah. And then ordered a set of, um, what did I get? Oh, yeah. Ordered a stick pack. Just one stick pack for the 700. Because it was, uh, it's that time. Battery time. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I can announce, you know, we're, I'm trying to put this together. I haven't, I just fired this email out today, like today as in when we're recording it today. So by the time you guys hear, might hear this, it might all have changed. But I am trying to put together a long-term review. We've had a lot of people, you know, I don't know what batteries to get. I don't know this. I don't need, you know the biggest fanciest ones i just want ones that last so what i'm kind of trying to do is what we were talking about i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can get uh one 6s 5000 from like five different manufacturers and then just fly those in the 570 because a i put a lot of flights on that model it's very consistent i know it well and it's you know i can if i want uh be harder on that pack, so to say. It's not like it's some, you know, super lightweight, crazy efficient or anything like that setup. And then I want to take this over the course of the whole flying season. And I want to use the features 
um, like we've been talking about, you know, in the V control or, or any, I just don't want to be V control specific, but, you know, using our current sensors to, to properly discharge our packs, storing them, um, you know, I kind of got a little bit exhilarated with the feature of the pack capacity or the analyzer in the bump controller. So uh, using that, and then I think like I'll log all the flights on them and then every two weeks or something, I'll probably do IRs and check pack capacity and just keep a, a full year long tech tip going on our website. Just to go ahead and update it every week. And then I can I can a come up with a good you know data point for the the per flight you know degradation that sort of a thing and I think it'll also be really cool for the listeners to you know say okay maybe the brand X 60c pack is like the highest C rating pack you know maybe that's what Justin would want to fly in his speed models but the 45C or the 30C version of that pack still goes 200 flights under normal flying. And then kind of get a good, kind of get a good relationship of like, you know, value for the dollar. Mm -hmm. That's my goal behind it. So we'll see. Um, I've shot it. Like I said, I shot off a whole bunch of emails. I've got one manufacturer. I need, I kind of set a personal thing of, I need three of them to agree to do it. Uh, before we'll officially start it. And one fired right back and was like, heck yeah, we're a game. So fingers crossed that uh, they'll help us make that happen. So if you guys are listening and you got, um, you know, if you guys are on a battery team or something you're like, like that, and you're like, dude, I totally think that this will work, shoot off your team managers and, and tell them, say, hey, RC Heli Nation wants to do a review. You guys need to step up and do it. I think it'd be great for the listeners. Yeah. Nice. I think that's that's it. Going to be a lot of wrenching up in this bitch. <laughs> yeah, man. Hopefully next week you can say you got in some flying too. I don't know. With the weather. It's man. looking bad, but hey, the goal for this, you know, the next three days is to get, you know, I for me, I want to get the 500 all wired up and all set up and stuff, but then it's to get all the Oxy, both the Dan's gassers, Set up and actually running, running, <laughs> and at least one of them broke in. Wow, that's a I would personally like goal. to see them I, both dude, broke in. I'm all for that because that's I, you know, what I'm kind of thinking like, why can't I? There's got to be a way to do this, Jesse. Can't mm -hmm. we like wirelessly set like send each other models or something? Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not wirelessly, but there's a U uh SD. No, I don't know. Okay. There maybe we not, go. Because it's in the it's in the V bar, isn't it? It is. What do you so what do you, you what could you, you just like re Well I'm thinking, Dan, that we can get them both built, right? Get them all set up on your radio and stuff. Do them and them. then I'll just bind to one. You, bind you to stay the bound oh, to yeah, the yeah. other. Same time. And we can both sit out there and break them in at the same time. And, and you we know, we have whatever. to go find another gallon of Coleman. Oh, we're going to need more. Well, I only brought one gallon. I forgot them. 
<laughs> I've got two gallons at home, but I forgot them, so I bought uh, one gallon this morning. Some. Yeah, I thought, but man, it was hard. It was hard. I had to go to like five different places before I found some down there. Yeah, Where'd you end up finding it? Ace Hardware. Okay. I mean, at least we can get a couple tanks through sure. each of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think leaving here with one of them broke in would be kick ass. Uh, let's do two then, because that's how I roll. <laughs> 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 Sweet. I don't have any servo horns for the oxy, so we're not going to be able to finish that. I just want to get the uh, the governor all sorted out on that. So you mean you've been flying it with no servo? No, horns I haven't been there? flying it. It's <laughs> just it's just built, and I set up the. I you know what? Let me let me. I I, sh- I should have talked about that a little bit because uh, new to the V control, right? And um, I I didn't want to lean on Nick extremely heavily when it comes to setting this up because he put that time into setting up my, you know, initially uh, doing the Neos and binding them and all that stuff. So I just thought I'm going to go through this on my own the first time through. And I set the oxy up. I got all the uh, cyclic servos set up. It's just the tail servo that I don't have a horn for, but um, I was pretty impressed with how absolutely incredibly easy it was. It literally is probably the fastest setup I've ever dealt with to date. It's just that nice. easy. So, I mean, it just walks you right through it. It, it, it. It's so easy, you think you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, it's crazy the- fast. The only thing that sucks, and I really can't say, the only thing, and it does suck, is just getting used to yeah. the whole registration process and, yeah. and that sort of a thing. Yeah, and we had a little bit of you know complication with that, but that was just because one of my V bars is a mini V bar. So we had kinda had to, you know, <laughs> retroactively Yeah, go. we needed to get it updated yeah. to six point. Once we got that done and, it was yeah. a breeze. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're always God, you're always dealing with drivers and yeah. oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was, it was amazing. I can't wait to, uh, to see how they fly, but just setting them up was on the radio, not having, <laughs> not having to haul out the computer. I'm actually surprised that I'm hearing myself say this stuff, but it was actually extremely easy. And, uh, I, uh, it's a no, it's so simple. A caveman can do it for real. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm pretty, pretty bought. I'm pretty Pretty much uh, bought into the VR thing. Yeah, yeah, you're in a little deep. You have to love it. So at this point, yeah, even if I decided I didn't like it, I'd lose my ass on it. So we're going to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) At least you're honest, though. Jumping in head first. Yeah, Yeah. we're going to head down and nose right through all of it. But I don't think it's... Based on what I saw with the Oxy, uh, never doing it before... Not, I didn't even read the manual. I just went for it, and within a few minutes, I had that all set up. Oh, is it right? I don't know. Nick will verify me. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, maybe not so easy. <laughs> When building a new helicopter, it is a relief to know that I don't need to worry about what brand of servos I'm going to use. Now that I have hundreds of flights on multiple sets of BK servos, I have no problem running them on any heli and recommending them to anyone. For me, they bring everything to the table that I need in a set of servos. Strength, speed, 
cost, and of course, looks. With the sexy machined aluminum cases and affordable gear sets, I definitely know which servos are going on my next heli. Check them out at bkservo.com. So I guess that leaves Jesse. What are you going to do? It does. It's been another uh, really good heli week. Um, kind of like Nick mentioned, I did get out to the field last Saturday. Not quite uh, for the duration that Nick did. For me, it was a little bit more of a, you know, woke up Saturday morning. The weather was decent. Kayla and I had some errands to run in Bellingham. And so I was like, you know, let me just throw in the nitro, which by the way, is super convenient. I told this to Nick when I got out there. I'm like, you know what? This is the first time where it's like, this was really fast. Like all I had to do was I charged up the receiver pack at home. And I literally just brought my heli, my transmitter, my starter, and a gallon of fuel. And I'm like, I know that I'm good for eight to 10 flights on this receiver pack. And I know that the battery for my starter is good. And that's all I need to throw in. I didn't have to bring my charging case, didn't have to bring my generator. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't ever just brought a nitro. So that was really cool to just quick, easy, had everything I needed. And so packing light heading to the field so i did only have the nitro though so i got in i was only there for a couple hours i think hour and a half two hours so got in four or five flights on the nitro the n7 and then i did get in a flight on nick's goblin 380 oh yeah i forgot about yeah, that yeah you're you started flying it and then you're like you want to fly it take a pull on this sure take a pull started, started flying it come into land and you're like no 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 finish off the pack so i pretty much got a full flight in yeah? on the Goblin 380. And man, did that make me miss that size. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I honestly. Are you going to get one? I don't. I mean. Well, there, see, there, there, there's the response. Because initially it was like, no. Yeah, no. Now it's like, what? Oh. Well, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not saying that model specifically. I'm not even. I guess I don't even know if it's that size specifically. But just that smaller heli. It's like, I did not expect. I don't know. It just it just kind of brought back memories of the warp and how you know how big they fly, how well they tune, how stable they are. And you know, Nick and I were having a little bit of a conversation. Going, do you think that you could learn, progress, train? Um, I mean, could this be like a main heli sort of thing? And after that, I honestly think it could be. I mean, that heli was tuned really well and it, it flew extremely stable and. Honestly, if, if you didn't, if you just kind of glanced up at it, you'd go, oh, that's a 500. Oh, yeah. that's a 550. Um, and so really, really impressed. I don't, it's it, where I'm at right now with my fleet, because obviously I've cut way back. I've been up to four and now I'm back down to two. I think if I was to put another heli at the top of my list, I'd probably do another 700 first. Yeah. Um, and then that would definitely be the next heli on the list. Um, but it, it would probably be close, you know, between another 700 and that one. But the 700 would probably be slightly um, ahead of another heli that size. Um, mostly just because for me right now, there isn't a whole lot of opportunity where it's like, oh, I can fly the 380, but I can't fly the 700 at this field or at this location. It's like, yeah, pretty much with my work situation right now and flying on the weekends at our normal field, it's it's always an option to fly a 700 so um, that would probably push me a little bit more towards that yeah it's kind of hard to pick a small heli when you can (laughs) fly the big one yeah it's like if i had a baseball field right down the road or you know something small or 
just yeah, a small field where that made sense, then sure. But every single time in the last year, basically, when I've flown, I've I could fly seven hundred. Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe you know, if I had a whole, maybe it might be different if I had like a whole table full of packs for the seven hundred, you know, and it was just mm-hmm. that was it, maybe. But I mean, I was really enjoying. I flew every single heli that I had that day. And, and just rotated them constantly. And I think where the 380 has an advantage over, and, and this is really, I mean, obviously I believe that it's reliable and quality and, you know, blah, 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 all that sort of deal. But I think where it has uh, a pretty healthy advantage over the other helis in that size class, and I even mentioned this to you, Jesse, I said, you know what creeps me out is that this is the first goblin that i can say the the boom is a huge advantage Mm -hmm. you know like with the 700 it doesn't matter to me if it's pod and boom or got the big thing you can see it right once you hit a certain level you're not worried about really visual stuff anymore um but because you know the 380 is a smaller heli uh it is. It's harder to do pirouetting stuff on because it's just smaller oh, yeah. stuff to keep track of. But man, that boom is bright. It really makes a big difference on that size. Yep, it definitely much does. more uh, than I had expected. I can track it very well in pirouetting stuff, uh, which which was kind of a big shocker. I mean, I can track that better uh, with the canopy on than I can. Oh, dude, we got. Oh yeah, we forgot to bring that up. I forgot to bring. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh, you want to tell it? Well, I'll tell it from my perspective. Okay. Yeah, so sure. Nick's out there flying the Goblin Seven Hundred, and he's trying to do this no canopy thing, and it's it's gray, overcast. Looks like it should be raining type of day, right? It's not. This isn't your beautiful, clear blue sky. No, sunny no, day. no. And so Nick's out there flying and he's, you know, you're doing a little tuning and tweaking, flying the Goblin 700. And all of a sudden you go into a pirouetting maneuver and, and all, I hear you say, man, that was a really difficult like orientation. I, I mean, I kind of was like, I don't got it. And you're like, yeah, I don't got it. So then he brings it back into, I think an inverted hover. And then he starts going into pirou flips. <laughs> <laughs> like like down like, low whoa. too. Right after we almost lo- you almost lost it, you just start doing pirou flips, you know, ten feet off the ground, and then, <laughs> and then it just totally like you could see him just stop the pirou space, and then it was inverted and like full negative pitch to pull it out. Just but it wasn't like it wasn't flat inverted. It was not, like not, forty-five degree knife edge, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't flat, but it was. You could. It's like you quickly caught which way it was and just full bore. But see, and I didn't. From my perspective, I was like, "Oh, lost it, lost it, lost it, lost it." And then you know, all I've trained for is number one rule: quit pirouetting. Stop first pirouetting. thing. Quit pirouetting. And, and I looked at it and went, "Shit, still don't got it." <laughs> But I could just, I knew that I saw the top of the disc, but I couldn't see any which way that it was facing. So I'm like, okay, full negative. And it really, dude, it it didn't go up that much. No, it, like, it, lo- it, it loaded It started up this horrendously bogged down, horrid sounding track away from us. 
And like, it was barely, barely climbing. And that was the point where I was like, oh, now I see it. <laughs> and so then I gave a little bit of forward cycle, which made the bog worse. Oh, what a bad sound. I mean, that was a full electric bog. I mean, oh, yeah. to the to the T. Yeah. And we yeah, laughed. Yeah. I mean, it was oh, all yeah. good. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to put my canopy back on now. <laughs> So other than that, I did uh, purchase some heli stuff this week. So first off, got the parts ordered and actually got the parts delivered to get the Protoss back in the air. So Dan, you probably didn't hear. I didn't. Protoss has been maidened, got 10 (laughs) flights on it the first day. And then the second day out, which would have been last Thursday when we recorded, prior to recording, um, I had another EC5 connector unsoldered. Dude. Yeah. Do you and need so, to take a class on soldering? <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm well. I might. Do you want to teach me? I this will week? Love, so I will awesome because that's exactly. <laughs> Dan, I wish you could have heard the last episode when I was editing it, dude. I almost peed my pants like while during the edit because when Justin was. Jesse's like, I don't think it's not a, a a soldering problem. And how did I? I don't remember exactly <laughs> how it went. But Justin was like, it. "Yeah, well, you and all the rest of the people that suck at soldering." And it was yeah. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, hey, crashed. Justin was taught it? me how to solder connectors. Did he? Yeah. So I know that's good. I'm doing. So you're you're good though. Oh yeah, I'm professional. I'm, I'm pro at it. Nice. It 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 didn't end up being that bad. It was. It actually really didn't even get the blades after I looked at them a little bit closer. It was just a little dent on the the trailing edge few ball links, and the canopy. Um, so not horrible. Got the parts ordered. The parts have been delivered. And this time, just in the sake of uh, keeping around a beater canopy, I actually did not get a new canopy right for right now. I will be getting a new canopy shortly, but keep the cost down because I did order some other stuff this week. I did a little bit of a, a canopy repair i guess you could call it and i don't know if you guys saw i, I sent you guys some pictures yeah, on yeah. facebook but it was basically just right on the bottom of the canopy where it was cracked and, and i can post these up on our facebook page and i was thinking about doing maybe a little little tech tip right up or I, it actually turned out really clean so what i did was i ended up using some good old dryer sheets Yep, used, you bounce? know, so the scent was all out of them. Don't need it smelling like flowers or whatever. I would be afraid of using like. Bounce brand. <laughs> <laughs> bounce. <laughs> maybe that's a good thing. Or maybe they would, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys can see the first picture. It's it's kind of cracked up. That's you know, right after the crash. And then got some uh, super glue and laid some dryer sheets in there and kind of reinforced it from the inside. And then I completely taped it off and plasti dipped it black after I had had a chance to let the super glue dry on the inside. And then I kind of built it up on the outside a little bit and sanded it kind of as flat as I could get it without removing a ton of material from the canopy just because stuff doesn't line up the greatest after it's kind of, it's uh, been crunched like that. But taped it off and plasti dipped it and then peeled the tape off. And honestly, it turned out pretty clean yeah i'm looking at this third picture looks like a fresh canopy to me um you can see in the i think is it the last yeah if you look at the last picture straight on it from the bottom you can still see the cracks a little bit but everything's black 
I think um, it looks good. I the think only it's really thing good. I think the only thing that would be tricky is that it used to be yellow on the bottom. And now it's black. And now it's black. Yep. Yep, exactly. But for a beater canopy, uh, there was no other damage anywhere else on the canopy. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do with this thing. So um fix that back up. All the other parts are here. So in addition to the parts to fix the protos, I did go ahead and order some 713 millimeter switchblades. Nice. So going with the 710s, uh, hopefully get the head speed down a little bit, get the disc loading down a little bit, and get it back into that range um, for you know my preference. And uh, and ended up going with just the normal ones as well, not the the XFs um, or anything like that. So we'll see. Uh, I talked to a couple of people, and that that seemed to be the direction a lot of people were going. So decided to just give the the normal switchblades a go. In nice, addition dude. to that, I did a Hobby King order as well, and in that order was uh, a couple packs of uh, XT150 connectors. Woo-hoo! No, so what what I was saying, Dan, is I'm not so sure. It it very well could be. If if one of these things unsolders, I will fess up and say, man, I need to take a soldering class. So you're, blaming, so, you're blaming it on the EC5? Is that what you I, it's a It was a Hobby King EC5. After looking at it, the cage in the EC5, the tip of it, did have pitting on it. Um, and I don't know. I'm just going with crappy quality connector i guess so nick's been using these (laughs) xt 150s (laughs) i guess that's what it boils down to so that's what i'm going with man until i got more evidence to prove me otherwise (laughs) for now that's my story so i've already those showed up today and i've already done the helicopter a set of packs and all my charging leads are swapped over to xt 150 connectors and so hopefully everything i tried to be Clean, careful, meticulous with inspecting all of the solder joints. Um, everything looked good, went great. Um, it was a huge pain to snip everything off and resolder, but I felt it was necessary and had to be done. So, what what do you what do you think about the connectors now that you've used them? Overall, I I do like the connectors. One thing I was going to ask you is, do you protect your connectors like? So I'm talking the plastic housing. We obviously put the female bullets on the batteries and the male bullets on the ESC. But as far as the plastic housing, do you put like both males on the batteries and both females on the ESC so that you could plug it in backwards? Cause they're not keyed at all. Like an EC five. No, I do not. Cause you I don't. Do not. And I did not either. I'm hoping I'm mine's not. all bullet style. So I do the, Oh, uh, now I see you have to remember. So I, I basically, I'm just relying upon the fact that I'm smart enough to match the colors up. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. That, no. And that's how, I, I mean, that's how I do it. So I run the female, uh, metal portion goes mm-hmm. into the, I think it's the smaller. Yep. That's of what the connectors. Same as like an EC5. Yep. And then, yep. uh, that's for say the, I think the negative, I don't remember which one that is. So don't quote me on that. But then the positive of that battery uh, would be the male bullet and the bigger housing. Yep. So that's how I do it. Gotcha. So yes, you could reach over and plug that in to each other and blow up your connector in the same yep. pack. But because I run it in that style means I don't have to have any Y adapters. Yep. So I did not opt to go with that. 
and I am putting the Y adapter on the built into the ESC side. Okay, so you're so using them running. as actual connectors. Yes, like EC five ish style. Yep, yep. So the ones like on my charge leads and on the ESC, I've actually just glued them together. But why might I ask? Just for why less? So you mean why didn't I build? The- well, because it's it's two more connections in the entire loop. So honestly, the reason why is because I already had all female bullets soldered onto the batteries before I realized, before I thought any further through. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. No, that's... So I'm like, eh, I already have four connectors soldered up and I had the charge leads pretty much done already at that point too. And then I was like, crap, I guess I could have done independent. But at that point, I'm like, I'm not stimping them out. Well, I don't... I mean, you can really do it either way. And like, for the record... I do my, uh, my 500 is actually that way. Um, mm-hmm. They're glued together and I'm doing the Y cable up on the speed controller because yep. I have a 6SBEC on that model. And that's yep. really the yep. only yep. way that you can do it. Very true. And then, yeah, as we were also looking, I got to put a UI sensor on it. That's going to be a cocksucker to solder up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I get so, it. They, I mean, yeah, just... Not thinking far enough ahead with the different style connector, just being in that mindset. So, you know, I soldered up the charge leads and the batteries and went, ah, well, the good part, I think the good part is that it's not going to be any different for you to use on a daily basis. So, you don't have to worry about relearning anything or not near as much. Same exact system. Yeah. It'll be basically the same system, just a a little bit different connector style. And I mean, it's, they're so cheap. That if you really wanted to. Oh, yeah, could I could just snip it. those. Yeah, I wouldn't have to reuse any of them. It'd be like eight bucks. And you'd only have <laughs> to, bucks. you'd only have to do, you wouldn't have to do half of them because you got half of them, right? Yep. Did you yep. get those from a USA warehouse? So only took I a- did. Yep. That's they like showed a day up for you like guys shipping, isn't it? Three days. You know, you'd think. Because it's like right in this area, isn't it? They, yeah, it's down. Well, in, and I, I also ordered a LiPo, though, for my starter, for my uh, Nitro starter. And it so they shipped it like USPS ground. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because of that. So I think it took an extra day. But I it got shipped out Monday. It might have been Tuesday, and it showed up today. So it's still not, hmm. not very long, but it's close. Yeah, mine came out of Oregon. They usually right. take longer to get it packaged and shipped than it does to get here. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So then the main reason being last that the Protoss did crash is the lack of backup uh, options. So when the connector desoldered, everything went dead. And so for the time being right now, I'm borrowing an R2 prototype capacitor pack from Nick with plans that as soon as they come back in stock, I'm going to get one ordered that will be on the heli permanently. So I got to say that the installation, it's light, it's clean, it's one wire. There's a perfect spot for it on the Protos. It's sitting right on the back of the heli, double-sided, double-stick tape to the bottom underneath the boom, and then one zip tie around it to hold it in place. And so adds minimal weight. Um, and yeah, it'll it'll do exactly what I'm looking for. And the nice thing is, which this is kind of what I ran into with the OptiGuard was, this literally is as maintenance free of an item as you can get. Now tell me that is not the coolest thing. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, I haven't really gone through and done since I didn't have connectors and all that stuff. I haven't gone through and set it up and tested it and done that type of stuff nah. yet, but it, it's on the heli. It's plugged in. It's wired. It just um, works. That's the cool it's part. It's clean. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. It seems like the perfect solution. It's not something where, you know, every year you're going, ah, my 2S backup pack is now you know, kind of a lemon. <laughs> now I need to go another one. <laughs> yeah. Now. <laughs> Um, well, and so yeah, I'm, I'm digging it and it's super light. That's the key. Um, Isn't it creepishly light? I mean, tw- 30 grams or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so nothing. So that's awesome. And the last thing for the week was I also got another OptiPower 5030C stick pack. So we'll not, now I will have two flight packs and I could probably go back to a two to one flight ratio electric to nitro. So gonna have to pretty quick when you run out of nitro. Run out of fuel, man. I only got like four more gallons, I think. Three, four more gallons. So I I will be buying some fuel this season. Soon. That's it. That's been a good weekend. I'll probably come hang out with you guys, man. I'm not working tomorrow. Don't got much going on Saturday. So we got plenty of stuff to build. I'm down. Like I said, I'll bring the beer. Yeah, <laughs> bring bring your starter too. By the way, just bring my starter. Oh, okay, yeah, good. I've got an Alliance starter, but I haven't tested to see if that Alliance starter will actually. I, well, got, I have hey, a fresh battery I still now. Got for a mine. starter? Do you do you even know what a starter is, Nick? Yes, I got it out the other day. Does and it, does it still work? Uh, you it don't. it does spin round. <laughs> it does spin round? Not very fast because <laughs> I think the four S pack is now a one and a half S. <laughs> mm-hmm. But. It does spin. Dude, it's yeah, so, coming. Nick, remember when I first got the N5C, we ordered that Zippy 1800 4S LiPo? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm retiring with this new <laughs> that, you know, I gotta that check, I ordered. Check mine, because mine is the first. Like, yeah, this is a 4S pack. I mean, it is a Zippy sausage right now. <laughs> I'm curious to see what, how your starters are set up, because I know... Um. You know, I got away from the uh, the prop cup. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I well. used the cup. Yeah, I did. Oh, is that too. what you guys Mine's are still a, using? No, I have a one way bearing adapter. I can never up. get those to work. The one way bearing. Yeah, they I, never work for me. Yeah, I or never the prop get them cup. To you mean? Uh, I don't know if the Alliance got the uh, get up and go to turn over a gas motor. Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, okay, I will give you that with the with the prop cup comes responsibility yeah. of making sure you ball keep maintenance. <laughs> ball you maintenance. You gotta make sure the tip is inserted. Yes, or <laughs> before. else your tip will never insert again. Yes. There, you have to insert the tip first yes. or it's game over. Yes. And you can't, yes, don't pull out. I'll just tell you. <laughs> do not. For once in your life, absolutely do not pull out. Do not pull out. Yes. Uh yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the align. I uh, I guess we could try it tonight, Nick, when we're done, just to see if it top pops them. But I, I, I have a feeling it's not going to. Hmm. I just haven't. I, I guess I didn't want to know because then it means I had to buy a new starter. <laughs> so, awesome. Get one of those uh, twenty-four volt Solomons. Yeah. yeah. You could that way you could start your truck too if you're exactly. 
Well, I guess that about wraps up the week. Uh, how about news? Do we have any news? We should. Got a, a couple. With electric helicopters and high-capacity success like those being so popular, the need for a high-power and reliable charging setup is ever-increasing. Luckily, this is what the guys over at Progressive RC specialize in. Whether you want to buy all the parts and build a charging setup yourself, or you want to have them build it for you, Progressive RC is the right shop for the job. They carry everything from chargers, power supplies, and of course, all the accessories you need to make a pretty awesome charging setup. Check them out now at ProgressiveRC.com. This week's news is brought to you by superiority.com. Hey, Nick, what do you got for news this week? Uh, so I got two things for us here. Uh, one, the Mighty V Control has an update. Now, this is actually for the... Or no, excuse me. This is a V-Bar update. So we have Neo, Express Pro, Rescue... All of those, blah blah blah. Um, the V Pro, V Pro, or V Copter Pro Plus Rescue, which by the way is out. So for all you multi rotor folk, uh, this is official. I know that um, the V team has been flying it for a while and have been very very happy with it. So if you've got a V bar laying around, you can give it a shot. I'm not gonna speak for it because I don't. I don't play. Homie, don't play that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's there. And there's just a bunch of other updates. Um, agility overdrive for so for those of you that wanted to go higher than the 120 on the cyclic, you can. Um, there's an uh, update on the rescue uh, in the free swash configuration app. Um, the UI app, the V-Plane setup, the whole deal. whole bunch of updates. So if you are a V-Bar user, uh, get over there and get those updated. Uh, we also have... Where'd my notes go? There they are. Um, an update to 1.45 for the bump controller. Now, this is some pretty cool stuff because what 1.45 will do uh, it gives you the ability to set the termination voltages independently on the accurate, normal, fast, uh, fast storage and discharge cycles, uh, which was something that was requested out of the forums. And there is also the update and is bundled with the Android app. So if you plan on getting that, you won't need to use the Windows USB firmware utility to upgrade it. Just connect it to Bluetooth and the firmware will upgrade itself. Woohoo! I know that's a big deal to a lot of people. I've seen the screenshots of this working. It's pretty cool. Almost to the point where I have this iPad here that I don't use that much. But just for testing purposes, so I can, you know, I've got the little Windows tablet that I'm still rocking. And I'm thinking that I might have to just add an Android device. Android device. Because I feel like I got to kind of have to try it. 
Yep, so that update is out there. Now, did you guys see... This is kind of funny. <laughs> did you guys see Kyle Stacy's post on Facebook? No. With the picture of the black thunder Oh, and the bl- black nitro. <laughs> I feel like this is a little racist, but... <laughs> yeah, so we have a picture of... Two I want you to start calling me Black Thunder. Oh, this is Dan <laughs> the Black Thunder Reed. Dan the Black Thunder Reed. <laughs> yeah, so looks like we've got some half-distorted images of two helis that SAB will be presenting at Rotor Live. So March 12th. Uh, obviously, one is a nitro. We've been waiting for it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, some of us have. I'm gonna get, some of I'm, us have been flying nitro. I'm going to get one when they come out. Oh, look at that. Nice. Dan wants one. I do. I don't want anything to do with an electric goblin, but I will fly a fueled gob- goblin. Yeah. There you go. It's cool. This other one's pretty interesting, though. The Black Thunder. Huh. I love it. I love the name. The b- <laughs> I do. Seriously. Yeah. I just want the nitro. Oh my gosh, I want the nitro. Oh my gosh, I want the nitro. I was pulling out. Yeah, like I said, I pulled out my starter the other night. I got this nice, fresh set of BKs that I pull out pulled out of the five twenty. Uh, you still a, have you still have a a ninety one, don't you? Don't you still have no, a no? I don't. So I am in need of a motor. Oh, I do. I've got like four of them. You can have one. I sent uh, I sent mine off. To Lil Ninja. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when they wanted to, when him and his dad wanted to get into Nitro, and, you know, that was right after I started flying for SAB. So it was kind of like, man, I just don't see anything in the near future. And I just, I'm not a fan of having stuff sitting around that I'm not going to use. And these guys were just doing such awesome things for the hobby and helping people out. And they had such a cool product. And he had mentioned they were working on getting a Nitro. So I was like, dude, I can help with that. So I sent it to him. And then shortly after, I found out that SCB was going to do a nitro. And I was like, no! <laughs> That's all right, though. So, yeah, I'm I'm in the market for a motor and a pipe. Well, you should just have Nust, uh, Nustin. 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 You should have Nustin give you the one that he's got of mine. Oh, yeah. I could break it in for you. Yeah, you can. I don't blow mine up, so you're good. Yeah, like, you... my motors run solid. Dude, I was going <laughs> through the bins. You know the bins. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, I know the bins. I didn't realize this, but I have four 91 YSs. First world problems. <laughs> right Very there. much so. Now, granted, two of them are in parts, but I've got all the new parts in bag still. Uh, and then, of course, this this one that I just got. I didn't, real, I didn't realize that I had so many. I just I actually found them this week. Well, you know what you should do? So Justin, Justin has one that's complete but needs to be broke in, right? Right. Do you have parts to put another whole one together? I, I've got parts to put two more together, and I got one full one, one uh, brand new one in my Align Nitro. So what you should do then is send me the two that are in parts. I will assemble both of them, and I will break them both in for you. You can and you can use it. I don't care. Well, I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll use one. I'm not going to have four nitros at one time ever in my existence. Ever. <laughs> but it is nice to have a second one 
ready to go. Should it's nice to have one ready to go and broke in. Yes. God, I hate mm-hmm. breaking in motors, but I would do that for you. Sweet. We'll do it. Cool. I should have just brought nice. the pin because I have it sitting all of it sitting in one paper. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all I got. Huh. Jesse, do you have any news? No news. That rash clear up you were talking about the other day? Uh, they put me on a new cream. New cream. <laughs> oh, a little we'll stronger see. antibiotic, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, new cream, and I have to put it on a little different. <laughs> yeah, this this time you apply it with a buffer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wax on, wax off yeah. thing. Yeah, peel yeah. off the top, embed it in the bottom. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. All right. It's a well. three, three stage, too. It's three, three stage. <laughs> Oh no! I wasn't gonna have you explain that to me, but I don't want to. Know. Nope. Alrighty, well, I guess that wraps up news, then, huh? Yeah. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money back guarantee. That's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. This week, guys, we're going to talk, you know, of course, you, um, you know, if you're a regular listener, you heard us talk at the beginning of, or or the end of last flying season, moving into the winter, uh, some stuff that we were working on. And today we're going to go, or, you know, some plans that we had for the winter. More, uh, so, Today, we're going to kind of go over some of that stuff that we had planned and see how far along we are and if we're going to get those wrapped up. Yeah, these, these were like the the, the winter projects, yes. kind of not heli-related. I mean, not like actual physical heli-related, but maybe more hobby-related. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And of course, I wanted, it's unfortunate Justin's not here because I wanted to give him crap about the trailer. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Right, that was one of his winter projects. Right? Okay, yeah, uh huh. He and it didn't even happen like at all. Yeah, like I don't even think he's thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be seeing him with the U-Haul trailer this summer. Of course, that's cool. You know, it works for him. Right, gets to haul all of his stuff around. He likes pulling trailers. He he, he uh, <laughs> just pulling the U-Haul trailer gives him a. It's like a uh, kind of adds to his man card. Yeah, it gives him a little, yeah. like, uh, one more little checkbox on like the man card. He's cruising down the highway at 65, car passes and says, see me, bitches? I'm pulling a trailer. He, he is don't, the... Don't matter. He is the only you person... You me. <laughs> he's the only person I've ever seen to pull up, stick his head out, look at you, and kind of be like, hey, watch this, and then back the trailer <laughs> up in a circle. Yeah. Get done, put it in the park, and then go... Yeah, you saw it. <laughs> you know, along that lines, and I gave him so much shit, and I wanted to get a video, but when I told him I was going to do a video, I couldn't get him to get back into his car. But when we showed up at RCHN3, uh, he and I showed up early, and um, we had a whole, I mean, you, the field was huge. And um, I... <laughs> He went to back his trailer up in this wide open 90,000 acre field <laughs> and he had to do like seven pull-ups, you know, <laughs> to get it, to get it right. I'm just giving him shit. It wasn't that bad, but it was funny. I wanted to get some cones set up 
and actually, you know, make him do like a serpentine back or oh, something. Oh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> get it on video, but didn't happen. So who wants to go first on their, their big, I mean, I, uh, uh, how, how about you, Nick? Let's go with you. What was, um, what was your big plan for the winter? Wow, you know, I don't know. I don't think I really, I mean, I guess I did some small stuff out here. I st- one that I have not gotten done is I needed to get the heater set up all mounted. And I guess I kind of did. I figured out a system for the heating out here in the trailer. I now have a 110 volt, um, base, kind of like a baseboard heater with a built-in thermostat into it that sits underneath the bench. And that has now kind of taken permanent home in here. I really like that setup. Uh, it's, it's enough to heat the trailer when it's home. Cause it's when it's home, it's always plugged in, which was kind of nice. Cause with the other one, I just never, it's like you turn on the little propane one and then I never, I just felt like I was wasting propane at home. Um, but I haven't mounted the propane heater in here, which is awesome out of the field because I just don't know where to do it. Um, we have these monstrosities of subwoofers and speakers. <laughs> they look good though. Uh-huh. They, look, they look really good under the bench. They do, and they fit. You know, when I designed the bench, I designed it so that everything would sit under the, uh, just barely under the bench, and kind of tuck under there. Mm. You designed it that way, or they just happened to? You designed it that way. Shush. Oh, okay. Shush. <laughs> Actually, I put it all up. And then when we went to stay, like I went to load the trailer God, after it was done and I slid it up to it and I'm like, my heart sank. I was like, oh shit. And I have like a half an inch, dude. It was such an accident. <laughs> but my point being is that I took all of that wall space down along that one wall. And if you're going to put that sort of a heater, you, I mean, obviously you want to be safe. Leave, leave some room around it. So... That's true. That is true. I, I've got this, you know, monster-sized trailer and kind of know where to put the heater. And I, then... I know what kind of heater you can put in here, but it's like a $900 heater. Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. And, and I'm also, I'm kind of glad that I didn't, though, because my my method has changed for out at the field. You know, usually, Jesse, like if you go out there... I'm trying to not be secluded inside the trailer by myself. That was a big deal. Like that one kind of trying to be sociable. Yes, being more social and and it, it kind of bugged me about last year that you know I sat, I spent so much time inside of that other trailer out of the field because it was new and it was awesome. And it was move. great, but I just I never got to watch you fly. Even when we were out there flying, I never watched you fly. Yeah, I, I questioned our friendship numerous times. <laughs> I was like, what, what is he flying wrong like, with this guy? He just hates me. I know he just hates yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. You guys are assholes. <laughs> um, so, but now I found a good compromise, even for when it's really cold. You know, the back of the trailer pops down and one of the doors pops up on the side. That allows me to sit in here look outside, watch someone fly, but I can kind of get away from the wind up in the front half of the trailer. And if my son's out there, you know, he he throws up a chair and grabs his iPad or whatever, and he sits up here in the front. So I kind of now know for a fact that I want the heat 
up in the front, but not only up in the front, but po- you know, maybe at like the one third of the way back, but kind of pointed up towards the front to direct mm-hmm. the heat into the front corner. So that was kind of just solidified actually last weekend, you know, spending all day out there and Auden was just happy as could be. And I kept asking him, Hey buddy, you warm enough? You good? Yeah, no, I'm, he was content. So now I think it's time to, to officially mount it. Hey Nick. Yeah. Did you know that that AC unit up there in the ceiling is also a heater? No, it's not. Yes, it is. It runs off 110. I mean, you could plug your generator to it. doesn't take, uh, you can run it off your generator. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Look at the controls. There's a control in there that says heat. It's designed to blow temperature 40 degrees or 40 degrees warmer than the ambient temperature outside. You're an ass. <laughs> what? I just, the baseboard. <laughs> All winter long. I just figured you'd look up there and see that. Oh, wait. Why does that say heat? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my gosh. You're fired. <laughs> You're, yeah, Are you look, serious? Yeah. When, you, when we get done, take a look up there. You'll see that there's a, a switch that says heat, and it doesn't work. It didn't work. I guess I never used it because uh, where I live, uh, 40 degrees warmer than what it is outside isn't necessarily <laughs> workable. But for here, when it's, you know, 30 degrees, you're, you know, you're looking at 60 degrees in here. Roughly. <sighs> oh, yeah. Wow. Thanks, Dan. Just solved all your problems. That That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even really know what to say now. Yeah. <laughs> it actually does work. I mean, I've used it. Like in... You know, late fall or yeah, or, uh, or early spring or <laughs> huh. late. You know, it, it it definitely does work. Well, let's see what else I did get. You know, a project that came up that I was not expecting, but now have halfway started, and I feel like it's kind of inevitable. Is this charging case thing? I had no intentions of starting a charging case, and then the. Damn bump controller came along. Changed your world. It did. It really did. And now I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm a charging case dork. I can admit it. I built like four. So now I'm kind of going, oh man. All right. Okay. I got to have one of these. Like I got to build one. And there have been, there's just so many awesome ones now that the bump controller's out because you can bury the chargers. Yes. So I might be, I don't know. Yeah, I can say I might make it, you know, by spring with that. But other than that, I I really don't, I don't feel like I had that many. Huh. I uh, you guys you, were the big ones. Yeah, because you kind of went into the winter settled. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year was my huge year. Whereas everyone else kind of didn't do anything. Last year, I just was, it was, man, oh my God, building this and trading trailers and buying motorhomes and, oh. So I'm, I'm kind of glad. I'm, I'm good. I'm solid. Well, I'll go next. I, um, I went into the winter, um, with not necessarily a goal of stuff. Or things to, you know, like helis or, or you know, I, I knew I wanted to get the trailer 
situation figured out, but I kind of went into the winter with a mental resolve and it's not happening as quickly as I'd hoped, but I, it's definitely happening was to actually kind of start enjoying the hobby again from a flying perspective. Cause that's, you know, we've talked about it last year was a horrible year for me when it came to just getting stick time in. And I, I knew that switch that what, what was going to make that happen was to, to start to try something that I had wanted to try for a long, long time. And, and, uh, you know, Nick and I had talked, uh, uh, many times way even early in, in last summer, how I was like, you know, I think I want to try gassers. And I hemmed and hawed around it for quite some time. And I was like, you know what? I just need to do it because I needed something different to kind of spark that interest again and kind of, well, that's really the wrong way to put it because I, when I say spark that interest, it makes it sound like I was kind of flailing to, to keep the passion for the hobby alive. I, that's really not the case. I just needed something to motivate, to want to go out and fly. And Basically, I, I, you know, I was looking at my machines and they're all very, you know, I had good machines. I mean, machines that I put a ton of flights on, but they were all kind of starting to get wore down, you know, the Align Nitros and just old, older machines. And I didn't, hadn't really bought, I mean, it, it was like a year and a half where I didn't buy anything, right? I didn't try anything new. No, and you didn't really bond with the electrics. I never really did. And I still don't. I mean, I, I don't, I can appreciate them and I did fly them, but they just never spoke to me like a fueled heli, whether it's nitro or gas. And, you know, the aligns were wore out. I mean, they, you know, needed new this, new that. And I just, the motivation to, to first of all, sit down and figure out exactly what I needed and then order it and then rebuild it. It just wasn't there. And, and there's something about, and granted I was in a fortunate position where I could do that. There's just something about getting a new kit, right. Uh, that just kind of inspires you to want to get out there and fly it, to build it. Um, I think you all can agree that, getting a new kit and just the newness, the, the fresh parts, the clean parts, there's just something yep. about that that really <laughs> helps you mm-hmm. want to go do it. And mm-hmm. so that was really kind of my focus. The, the trailer thing was kind of a fiasco. I had, you know, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm perfectly content with the small trailer, but there was one issue and that is, uh, with my scooter, which I frankly I'm not using. You notice, Nick, I didn't even bring it. Dude's like a freaking ninja. <laughs> he actually jumped out of the trailer. I saw it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, and well, so I had the small trailer and uh, I put my scooter in there and I went out to work on helis when I was finally like, I need to, I just need to go do it. And I went out there and I'm like, shit, I don't have, there's no room with the scooter in here. I just don't have room. So that started the whole got me going on the whole trailer thing. And of course, you know, I went down and we had the fiasco with uh, the trailer dealer there, um, which frankly, 
after the fact, I'm kind of glad it happened because I walked into this tra- this travel trailer and kept the small trailer. And I'm, you know, I was talking about selling it to Jesse, but I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking that I need I'm going to keep it at this point. Sorry, screwed me, Dan. No, I just I totally me. douched you on that one. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, big time. Yeah, but, but it's it's okay. It's perfect. It's right. It really, it really, truly is the ideal situation because I I was talking with Nick when I got here. I showed up, and um, it's just nice because I, everything I need to exist is in that trailer. I I don't have to think that I did. You remember blankets? Did you remember pillows? Did you you know is is my medication mm-hmm. in there? Because I keep medication in there, and you know it's, it's just all there. Everything's there, and it's comfortable. It's very comfortable. So. I keep the small trailer um, there at the house. I park the travel trailer at an RV storage, which is about a mile away, which is perfectly acceptable. And um, the little trailer I use as uh, once the weather starts to break, I'll be using that as my go to the field trailer. Now, I have a question. When it comes to the scooter deal, can you, are you at the point where you could like have a stool and like when yeah. you, when you get out to the field, Go set a stool out at a flying station. Pinch a loaf, set a stool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they do have an outhouse there, so yeah, I can do that. Mark your mark your flight. <laughs> this is Dan's flying station. Well, I mean, my dog does it, so it might as well work. <laughs> I, I am. In fact, I my scooter is in mini storage and has been in mini storage for months. Interesting. Um, nice. The only the only reason I would use it is. I mean, I, I'm getting around much, much better than I used to. Um, you know, the only reason I would bring it to a fun fly now is just so I can go up and down the flight line. Yeah, but I'm not talking fun fly. I'm just talking like normal use. Yeah, I the, won't be taking my scooter. The to issue the field. with the scooter in the small trailer now kind of isn't an issue anymore. It's, it's it really isn't. I mean, the simple matter of the fact is, I will be taking my scooter to the flying field only because I still, because of my back, I still when I fly, I have to sit down. Yeah. Because I can't look up into the sky while I'm standing. So, but that could be resolved with a stool, like you said, but it's really easy just to keep the scooter in the trailer, uh, just take it out um, when I'm, you know, leave it, literally leave it outside at home uh, under a, a carport and then um, put it in the trailer when I go to leave and then just use it at the field. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it'll come to the point where I don't even need to do that and I'll just take a stool with me. But that was really kind of my big, you know, get getting the trailer situation figured out for the fun fly season, uh, getting into the gassers as I had planned um, was really a big, uh, it, it was a goal that I wanted to do and I did. That was huge, man. <laughs> I did it in yeah, a big way. Big <laughs> I ended up with two of them. Wasn't planning that. So, and uh, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to this season. I mean, this this whole winter preparation, getting ready, um, not only from a standpoint of having the machines that I need to fly, uh, but the mental preparation of, of finally kind of feeling excited about it again after a really bad year and just being involved. I mean, just understanding, like sometimes I find a little bit of a admission here. Sometimes when I'm listening, when we're doing the show and I'm sitting here and these guys are talking about stuff and I'm like, wow, I, I just, I really need to get back into, cause some of this stuff is just like, I mean, so the level of it is so deep 
Mm-hmm. And although I understand what's being said, it's just like, man, I, 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 you know, for example, we were talking just briefly before we started recording and, and, and we're, you know, talking about different flying maneuvers and what and whatnot. And I'm thinking, man, I'm just hoping I can hover again. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'm kind of at that level where I almost, to be honest with you, feel like I'm starting over completely. Well, you, you know, you didn't just, uh, to me, the most exciting part. Yeah, I'm excited that you got new helis to you. But you got a, a new niche. Yeah. And that, to me, that's what's captivating. I mean, I've had new helis where it's like, man, I was kind of down. I felt like I needed something new and I got a new heli and it, it worked and it worked for like a month <laughs> or maybe two months. Yeah. And you know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I know you know that because you got a whole bunch of electrics to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that just didn't work. But I think that a, a niche is more... I mean, it just, it grabs you. I mean, like, look what happened with Justin in the speed thing. Yeah. There's a perfect example of yep. someone who was still flying and enjoying flying, but finally just fell into his niche. And it, it I mean, it's taken off. It's huge now. Yeah. Yep. You know, part of, one thing I do want to say when it comes to that is um, the support that I've gotten uh, from listeners uh, cause we've talked about it, the, that whole, oh, geez, uh, not wanting, you know, not feeling the motivation. I've gotten so many emails from listeners who, who just like, man, I can completely relate. I love the hobby. You know, the, that's, they'll always start it with something like that. I love the hobby, but sometimes getting out to flying feels like such an overwhelming chore where, I'm happy to sit here and think that I love the hobby, but I'm, I'm not motivated enough to enjoy the hobby. And, yep. you know, part of that, there's so many people, first of all, the guys here on the show that, you know, Nick and Justin and Jesse have been so supportive. There's a couple guys that I really want to just take a couple minutes or a second or two to, to acknowledge. Uh, first, you know, Carrie Shirley has just been absolutely supportive of this whole gasser move. And, Doug Darby, um, Doug was even like, man, I wish that I could just come up and hang out with you for a couple days just so we could get all your gassers completely ready to go. Obviously, he would love to do that, but that's just not realistic. And the, the simple matter of the fact that, you know, he's like, call me anytime, anytime, whatever you need. It's, it's support like that that really makes it, um, it kind of makes you realize how awesome this hobby is. Mm -hmm. And how exciting this year I think is going to be. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good year. I am all set up uh, with the new trailer comfort wise at fun flies. Uh, it's just, it's going to be a whole new level. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a good year. So that was my winner, man. I just wanted to kind of get back into, I think back to 2008, late 2000 or 2007, 2008, uh, especially into uh, the l last part of 2008 into 2009 when I was just, I stopped building and started flying. I, I was just so excited. Of course, out of that came RC Alienation, that excitement, because being kind of isolated uh, in Montana, there was no one to talk about, talk to helis, you know, talk about helis with. So uh, it's, I, it's starting to feel like that again. And on that note, I want to make one quick, just this is just for the Montana guys because I'm starting to notice 
uh, getting emails and also noticing because every time Ken gets a, a new citizen registration from Montana, which strangely enough, there's been like three or four just in the last few months. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but in Montana, that's huge. That's a freaking lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> what like I want to do. The state sign up. I kind of want to, you know, this is uh, directed at Jack and Ryan. Uh, what guys? What I want to do is, I want to see if we can put together this year a very informal Montana get together somewhere like uh, Helena area. It's kind of a centralized. Get the buildings, guys. You know, the Columbia Falls, Kalispell, Missoula. So get in touch with me, Jack, and I'm going to try to get in touch. I'm going to make a note to get in touch with you. I want to definitely see about putting something like that. Very informal, nothing fancy, just to get together. So something like that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to it. That's uh, <laughs> kind of off topic there, but I just wanted to mention it because I, I have a tendency. I think I'm getting Alzheimer's. Nick, what do you think about that? Uh Huh? I seem to forget shit. <laughs> What a lot! What you? What am I doing? Where am I at? Forget what? Huh? Where? Huh? Where? Where am I? At least, yeah. Why are you talking to me? Who are you? Where are your pants? Oh, <laughs> oh! I thought you said this was a no pants podcast. Sorry. Uh, give me a second. No I'll, pants zone. I'll put them back on. Hang on a second. So Jesse, that leaves you, man. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot. Uh, kind of the same boat as Nick. Nothing like crazy crazy major i mean i kind of started last fall end of the season definitely in the same boat with just not getting in as many flights last year not progressing as much and so i really did kind of a reevaluation on my fleet at the end of the year and really wanted to weed out you know is there something here that just doesn't fit and really looking back to you know flying a bunch this year obviously hitting up all the fun flies trying to get out to the field as much as i possibly can and, you know, trying to get the setups to cater to that as well. And so that's kind of when I made the whole swap from the E7 over to the Protos. And that was strictly just a strategic move in, you know, parts cost um, and honest, honestly just operating costs of the heli. So just from the, view, the reviews I had seen and what I'm seeing so far as of right now um, with already having purchased parts because... In that order, not only did I purchase the parts I needed to get the Protos back in the air, I, you know, did the whole, okay, spend an extra $75 rule and get, you know, kind of get all the basic parts so you got everything on hand. And so the parts are super affordable. And so just with kind of reevaluating the fleet, looking at getting back to really flying and turning that into, honestly, a, a beater helicopter. Um, so I would say that was one of the, the major things. And continuing on with that theme that's what i was saying earlier in the show i i can see myself building another 700 um not necessarily as a winter project i think there's some things that the funds are going to go to ahead of building another helicopter at this point right now um but it's definitely still on my list and something that i want to work towards just with getting back to that getting back in the routine of flying i really want to start you know, hitting the sim consistently again. I mean, it's still it's still there, one-offs, you know, a couple times a week here and there, but, man, I used to remember, geez, back in school two, three years ago. I mean, it wasn't even a question. You can ask Kayla, like, oh, we're going out on a Friday night. Ah, we can't leave till 10.30. Got to fly the sim for a half hour first. <laughs> I mean, she would literally sit there on the bed ready to go out while I was simming for 30 minutes. I mean... It it just was it was it was oh, the, the mentality right. Turned. It's not an option. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's different now that you're married, though, right? 
Well, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but He's like, I how mean, do it, I word this? How do I word this? Yeah. Yes, it is different. We will call it different. <laughs> no, it, it's good, but the uh, it's it's that whole mentality trying to get back to, you know, simming is not optional. I'm not going to bed till I hit the sim for a half hour, twenty minutes. What I mean, till I touch the transmitter for that day. And I remember those years making those huge progression leaps. And obviously, that's unrealistic. Just with you kind of hit that stage and then plateau with little gains here and there and you start focusing in on more specific maneuvers going back and revisiting other orientations but getting back to that drive and that mentality where it's like a sim is not optional nice day on the weekend you know when you're flying the sim you're learning new stuff you're excited to get out of the field and try new stuff which usually leads to crashing laughing having a good time so you're you know you're out there on the weekend so just trying to get back to that whole mentality and you know, doing the fleet reevaluation. So I'm really happy where, with where I'm at fleet-wise coming out of the winter, even though, I mean, it doesn't seem like a ton of helis, which it isn't. But for me right now, keeping lots of parts on hand, I don't foresee any real issues with turning something around in a week um, if I do crash. So, you know, add another helicopter, not a huge driver, um, but going into the fun fly season, I'm pretty happy with my current fleet. The next thing, or the next kind of little project, which is re- uh, kind of related to um, helicopter setups and the whole fun fly thing, is just refining the whole motorhome system. Because um, I, I got it pretty late in the season. If you guys remember back, I did not make it to Othello last year because the wedding was a week later and I did want to have a bride on the wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you remember back, I did opt... The first time I'd missed Othello in like four or five years. Um, So I did opt not to go to Othello last year. And then for Snohomish, I actually took Kayla's parents' trailer down to Snohomish because we did not have the motorhome at that time. And then I took the motorhome to uh, the Sagebrush and our fun fly. So I got a couple fun fly trips in with the motorhome, but just kind of refining. I can see, you know, I'm trying to add a whole nother set of tools so that I'm I'm really trying to build that workshop in the garage where everything in the garage stays in the garage and I don't have to, you know, pack up and rely on using the tools that I use at the field when I'm building the helicopter at home. So just kind of trying to get more of a workshop setup going and uh, kind of splitting stuff up. And that way, when it is time to go to a fun fly, everything should be neat and uh, concise and, you know, easy to load up and... Uh, and that type of stuff. So really getting that motorhome system refined and just trying to think that all out so nothing gets forgot and that this the setup at the fun fly is adequate. With that being said, I am still looking. I know I text Nick quite a bit, try and just ask him questions about his trailer. I don't know if it's a hundred percent feasible before the first fun, like before May for me to get a heli trailer, but I'm definitely still looking and trying to right now. I'm kind of watching Craigslist just for that right deal. Um, kind of determined. It's probably not super feasible to go out, buy a brand new trailer and dump, you know, all said and done probably five to 5,500 bucks out of pocket to build an actual, like what I would call my ideal setup. And so just, yeah, cause you know, you're tall. That's the kicker. Yeah. That's, that's what adds well, no, so much I, I've even it. settled 
if I could find one with a six foot interior height, I would say that that would be adequate. That has kind of sure. If I was going to go, let's say if it was like, oh, buy a used one for 32 or buy a new one for 38. Sure. I'll probably opt for the new one and get the extra height built in. But if I can find a deal on one, that's you know, six by 10, six by 12, seven by 12, single axle, um, trailer that's at least six foot interior height just because i don't want to completely take my head off when i forget to duck when i stand up <laughs> i only want to smash four inches of my head in instead of you know my entire head <laughs> but no so i i've been watching and man people are freaking proud of those used trailers yes. oh my goodness yes, they are they're like gold dude how the resale value on those things is insane and so the pro and the problem is people are paying it. So yeah, the the prices are high on them, but that is kind of where my, you know, instead of, yeah. And in, instead of dumping the money towards maybe building another 700, I'm still going to try to do, you know, get stock up on blades, stock up on parts, stock up on batteries, get a few more flight packs as the season goes on, stock up on fuel and, you know, still have the funds to kind of do all that stuff. But as far as like the major kind of savings, I think it's going to save for a heli trailer because I still think that's going to be my ideal setup for, you know, I got the truck to pull it out to the field every single weekend. It's going to get a whole bunch of crap out of my garage and give me a mobile workshop setup. And then it's just going to make it clean for going to a fun fly. It's like, do I got everything? Well, do I got my trailer? Yeah. Then I got everything. <laughs> and so... We shall see though. Man, that's a that's a tough one. So in the in the meantime, I'm probably gonna work on my truck setup a little bit, get the tunnel cover, get a bed rug in there. Um so I can get everything in the back of my truck and kind of refine that setup a little bit further. So in the coming weeks, um be working on that type of stuff. So sweet. Other than that, cool. yeah, a few a few smaller projects, a few bigger projects. So we'll we'll see what goes. Othello is quickly approaching, but we still do have a couple months. So. It's going to be here before we know it. It's already March. My God, it is. Well, I guess that about wraps that little talk. Huh? Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Uh, we have a review. That's right. Have you made the switch yet? Well, if you haven't, then you need to get on the ball. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer of BK Designs, switch rotor blades are the perfect way to complete that perfect heli setup. From 250 to 800 class blades in precision and aggressive 3D versions, and with tail blades and night blades too, switch blades give you a large variety of options to get your heli flying the way you want to. Head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com. Give them a try today, and I'm sure you'll make the switch. All right, so what we have here is the three digi fly barless system uh, made by R2 Prototyping, which is the same company that had that supercapacitor that we did the review on. So I want to say thanks to Danny Melnick. Over at Demon Arrow. And now, uh, this one is available at Arrow Panda. So, www.aeropanda.com. Um, 
So yeah, Denny helped us get this. You know, this one was a little bit of a, it was kind of interesting because we actually got it a little bit early as far as it was just brought into the U.S. Uh, believe it or not, when I plugged it in and set it up for the first time, it was in, uh, it, it was not in English. <laughs> and so I had to go through the, the, the setup translating it. And I knew that going into it, and that's kind of why this one has been so long. I told him, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll get it, and I'll start flying it and messing around with it. But I'm really not going to finalize the review until we get you know something that's, that's ready to go, uh, like ready to be sold. Um, but they, you know, Danny's been working with them um, just like on some of the presets and, and really getting it all ready. So, yeah, let's see. Um, hey, you know, it's a flywireless system. This thing, uh, price-wise, okay, I'm starting with the price rather than finishing with the price because I want you to keep <laughs> in mind when I'm talking about all of this what the price is. This is available right now for $100 US. Jeez. Okay, it's available in two versions. Uh, one is called the HC, which is the high current version. And it actually has um, a positive and negative wire coming out of the back of the unit that you could like literally just solder an EC3 on and power it up. So you wouldn't have to do the whole Y connector, Dan, like you were talking about we need to make. Right. Um, yeah. So um, it's available in the two units. Uh, very compact in size. What I noticed right away was, hey, wait a minute. What do we got going on here? We have... So we have two ports on one side, like for your Spectrum satellites. Then on the other side, there's another port kind of just like it, and they call it the, uh, an auxiliary port. Um, you have your micro USB on the top, your two status LEDs, and then there's also a micro SD card slot, which I think is super cool, and I'll get to it in a little bit on why it is so cool. Um. The manual. Now, I'm going to highly recommend reading through the manual. Why? Well, because this is a really rare case where the manual is actually awesome. Most flybarless systems, I feel like they just throw you in. They say, here's the unit. They give you a quick two-page manual that says, plug this in here and don't blow it up. And then you're, you're thrown into the software. Well, the manual, they did an amazing job on it. It walks you through step-by-step step and get this. Oh my gosh, Marvel Concept has great descriptions for each of the parameters. Have we not been looking for that for a really long time? Yeah. Yes, big time. And it gives you some really cool small stuff and some warnings that you really need to pay attention to. Like, for instance, the RPM port on this actually provides 3.3 volt output to power your external RPM sensors. So you do not want to use that port as a supplementary input power, like coming from your BEC. So like, uh, for example, Hobby Wing ESC, where we have our, uh, with the built-in BEC, we have our ESC wire, our positive, negative, and our, our throttle signal. And then the other wire is positive, negative, and an RPM signal. Don't plug those all into one servo port on that RPM or bad things will happen. So the manual is really informative. It's got um, just a lot of information in it. And it, uh, I actually enjoyed 
going back through and reading through it because I learned a whole bunch of stuff all over again. Now, I also want to add that um, there is uh, right now, as of right now, there is a Bluetooth module and an Android app that just released. I got this was released like literally just days ago, but I didn't get a chance to mess with it. So I wanted to let everyone know that it was there, but unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to comment on it. Now, what we might be able to do, this unit is actually going to go to Justin to uh, do a review on kind of like the speed performance um, because it was designed, um, uh, rumor has it that it's incredible for speed as well as it is for 3D. So he's going to mess with that portion and maybe um, we'll see if we can't get him hooked up uh, to be able to take a look at those. Uh, so let's see. Software. This is a big one to me. And this is like a really, really big one to me. I've flown a lot of different flybarless systems. And hands down, without a doubt, this software, from my experience, was the most stable and most consistent that I've come across. I did not have driver issues. I plug it in, hit connect. It connected every single time and it did it quickly. I love that. I've had fly barless systems before that I swear it was like you needed a chicken foot and some salt and a voodoo doll and everything to get it to connect. And there was like this, this system. Oh, you unplugged it? Oh God. Okay. Now you got to close the software, plug it in, do this, power it up, hit this button and hope that it connects. Not the case with this. Very consistent and reliable software. So big thumbs up there. When you power it on for the first time or after a so uh, firmware update, it'll ask you if you want to go through with the initial setup procedure. You can also get back to this initial setup procedure. It's kind of like a wizard. Um, and uh, if you've done, you know, I, I'm not going to go crazy into it. If you've done any sort of flybarless system setup, you're going to have no problem with this. Like I said, the first time I did it, I did it in a language I could not read and understand, and it still made enough sense to get it flying and tune it. So that should kind of give you an idea. Uh, first menu is your receiver type menu. Um, so pretty typical there. Uh, one little note I want to make, and I thought this was really cool. It has a feature called the power on initial delay. So if your radio system, like I believe Spectrum is one like this, um, Spectrum takes a little bit longer to... Uh, initialize and bind on the receiver side of it. Well, some flybarless systems can have issues with this because they're going to start sending throttle signal and then stuff gets all confused and it can cause initialization problems. Well, you can actually program in the delay that you want into here, nice. which, yeah, that's really cool. You So it's not like, oh, um, crap, I'm having a problem. I need to wait a month or two for an update. That's not cool. They just they just said, here, we'll just let you tweak it if you need to. It's not a big deal. Um, uh, also want to make a note, this unit has what um, I'm going to, from here on out, refer to as parameter sets, uh, a.k.a. bank switching. We have three to work with. Another thing that is, in my opinion, a really big must. Uh, from there, we go into the swashplate menu where you can pick from one of the uh, preset swashplate designs, or it is completely 100% customizable as far as basically 
every stinking option that you could think of. You know, I probably started off started off with this. This flybarless system is like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's going to be the way that I'm going to put it. It has um, so a basic menu. It has an option up at the top to basically kind of like, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the icon, you set up how much you want to see. If you're not a tweaker or not a tuner and it, it overwhelms you, then you can hide that stuff, stay in the basic menu. And actually, I, I, I'm not going to go too far ahead. It works really, really well. But what's cool is this is probably one of, if not, I might even make a jump and say the most customizable flywireless system I've seen as far as everything. I mean, it's almost like if you could dream it, they allow you to tweak it if you want to. What's neat is I I didn't need to. And that's a big key. It's all well and good if you give me 80 parameters, but if it takes me tweaking 70 of them to get it flying right, that's a big problem. I always lean more towards give me 20 and I need five of them to make it fly great. And I'll use the other 15 if I need to. Um, so that's kind of the theme here. Um, same thing over with the uh, with the swash servos. You can pick your frequency, um, advance limits on them if you want. So like, you know, leveling the swash plate at high, um, at low stick, you can do that as well. We go in and we set the cyclic pitch. This is a 10 degree system where you're going to teach the flybarless system, you know, where your 10 degrees is at so it can give you an idea. And it's kind of cool because it has these sliders that change colors as you get farther out. Anytime you get into the yellow or definitely in the red, that's its way of letting you know, hey, uh, I don't think you're quite doing something right. Like it shouldn't need to be this far out. So kind of cool there. You know, a little bit of warning for you that maybe your mechanical setup uh, isn't quite right. Another thing that I thought was pretty cool on the nerd side is that when you set up your cyclic pitch, you do it for both the aileron and and the elevator values. Now you say, well, yeah, but why do I need to? They're going to be the same. Um, they are if the helicopter was designed perfectly, but I have come across a couple that have some really, really funky swashplate setups, and maybe the mechanics aren't that great, and I think you guys don't have to stretch too far that you can all probably think of one that people have complained about that is a pain to tune. Well, this can be a huge leading reason on why. You don't need to adjust them separately if the mechanics are solid, but not all helicopters are created equal. They do not. Um, they aren't always very linear in their design when it comes to throws. So being able to do this it's just going to cut down on your tuning process. Those super difficult bobbles that you might have on your elevator axis that are really hard to tune out, they can actually be caused because of the design of the setup. Uh, allowing you to tweak and tune these individually will just get you a lot closer to a better flying model in the end. So I actually really, really like that. Uh, let's see. Um, it's another cool thing is it's got a little, uh, a little feature in a tab called manual servo control 
which you can check boxes that will lock everything all at once. So you know how like, uh, oh, well, I need to be in this menu to set up this, or I need to be in this menu to set up that. You can just bring up this one deal and lock and unlock everything as you want. So if it's like, you know what? I want to do all of my servo horns at the same time, like all of them, boop, 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 lock, done. Sit there for an hour and set it all up. It, it, it's got no time limit on it. So I thought that was really neat too. Tail setup is pretty standard, you know, includes picking your tail servo frequency uh, as well as your limits, throttle, uh, setting up your throttle. Um, same thing, we can do limits high and low, um, as well as it gives you the option to offer a, a custom fail safe, which isn't enabled. So you need to enable that right off the bat um, in case you lose signal between the three digi and the receiver. Um, speaking of throttle, Okay, this one's a hard one. There is no governor right now. That stinks. I'll get to that in the end on my point against him. That's a hit against him. I gotta have a good gov. Now, there is a lot of stuff in the works for this flybarless system. The capabilities of it are huge. And I think it, farther down the review, you're going to get a get kind of a taste of that. But at this time, no gov. So, got to bring that up. Okay, so let's see. Moving on down the list. Um, uh, but there is a... Ch uh, speaking of the throttle thing, there is, um, there is a box in there um, for you to input all your governor information. Again, this, later on, this will go towards the governor. But we want to put in all the gearing information pull count on the motor and or you know obviously fuel model different stuff but the reason that you want it in there this is for logging purposes um you can also set which three or all of the sensors it uses for vibration analysis under the vibration data analysis box okay hardcore vibration analysis like to the point of I'm going to pick which sensor as in the aileron, the elevator or the yaw axis and I'll use that one or it will switch between all of them and take a cumulative value. It's just nuts. Tw again, tweaker's dream and we'll get to that a little bit later. This has a feature called live tuning. This is one of my favorite features um, uh, and I think it's just an absolute must in a fly barless system. What you do is you get to map um, one of the eight, and yes, I said eight parameters to switches or rotary knobs for flight tuning. How cool is that? I mean, we're talking switches and stuff all over your radio. You know how you got that $800 radio that you use like two switches on? <laughs> Dan's laughing. He's like, shut up. <laughs> hey, hey, Justin, <laughs> you know that jetty? <laughs> Let's make it work now. Let's make it dance. Um, no, so we can set up all of this stuff in tuning. And I really dig how they do this. So what they do, uh, when you're in live tuning and you activate uh, a parameter for, let's say, a switch in there, it uses your base value. So let's say we're going we're gonna to talk about tailgate, right? And I assign it to a knob. Now, 
in the center position on that switch, I'm going to be at my tail gain of 60 that I have programmed into the radio. But what it does is it allows about plus or minus 20 points of adjustment in either direction. So you don't, you don't have to worry about going too drastically on that adjustment. You know, you don't have to go in there. Okay. Now I got to set up my endpoints for this so that I make sure I don't go over 80 or I don't go below 40. It, it does all of that for you. So then when you go back in and, into your regular tail gain and in, in your tail gain adjustment and you change it to what you want it to be after you tune it, it kind of resets itself. Then if you go up the next flight, now again, we have 20 points up and 20 points down worth of adjustment from the base value. I really like that how that is. I don't like to spend a lot of time setting my minimum and my maximum values in tuning switches and knobs. It just takes a lot more time. So I like that they kind of took over and did that for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's also, we have a box um, as we're going down through all the setup boxes called the variable ports box. This is that port on the side uh, that we we're talking about opposite of the satellite ports. Um, you can either pick, it gives you, it's like you tell the flybarless system what you want that port to be for. We can do spectrum satellites, we can do GPS, or we can do Bluetooth. Now we're getting into all the kind of fun stuff. Um, and, and I also want to know, I put a note in here. I don't know why I put it right here. Probably because it's like, hey, dummy, you should, probably should have mentioned this further. This is a save button style flybrother system. So for those of you who are used to plugging it in, changing something and unplugging it, uh-uh, it's not going to write anything. You Every time you make a change, you actually need to go up and click save. That I like. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that too. Because a lot of times I'll like hit something, I'll turn around and I'll go, uh-oh, what did I just change? And I got to figure it out. And I don't like that. Like I feel like when I can hit save, it gives me an extra chance to look it all over and make sure that I want to do what I want to do. So I like that. Um, so setup-wise, really easy. Very intuitive. They did a phenomenal job of explaining each parameter and each setup. So now that we have all the base stuff set, I actually want to go into the flight tuning portion. Then we'll go back to some of the doodads at the end. Um, so as far as flight tuning, we've got our parameters set. You know, we've got our banks um, and, and the tuning options here are just, oh my gosh, ridiculous. Again, you can go all the way to the maximum of nerd tuning down to just, I just want gains. Um, something that they spent a lot of time on, uh, I got to actually just watch this happen in the daily updates. Here, no, try this one. Nope, this one's better. Nope, this one's better. I mean, there was a time where they were updating this thing faster than I could even get it, it, it updated. Is the preset model feature. So this, uh, like some other flybarless systems, you tell it what size model you're flying, and it puts all of these parameters into an area that your model with that size is going to fly. And I got to tell you, wow, wow, wow. They did a great job on this. 
talk about I can tweak a hundred things and I only need to tweak five, that's what this does. And I think if we even go back a year or two years, uh, we could dig up some some audio of me ranting and raving about with all the flybarless systems flying at a at a much higher level than they ever have. What is starting to really set them apart is how close they are nailing their base settings. This is huge. This is what people, this is the first impression. This is when the flybarless system walks into the room. If I can plug it in and it connects right off the bat and the setup's easy and I push this button and I take it out the first flight and it flies great, I'm sold. Like you have me won over. All of the rest of the stuff is just added little bits of awesome. These are the key things that are really important. And they did an amazing job on this. Now, again, we can. We can go into P, I, D gains. I mean, we're talking I decay, initial response. Really? You name it. You can tweak it if you want to. Um, so moving over to the tail from the cyclic, they took basically the same approach with the tail tuning as well. You can adjust all of the simpler stuff, you know, like the agility, overall gain, initial response, or you can dig all the way into the PI and D gains. Uh, little nerd side tangent. There's something in here that I've never seen on any flybarless system, and that is the ability. Okay, you got to wrap your head around this. The ability to add or subtract overall gain during left or right rudder. So that means, hmm. like, yeah, weird, right? Hmm. Okay, yeah. but I kind of feel like I know where they're coming from. There's a couple maneuvers that I have done where, like, okay, I would never get a tail wag doing it left rudder. But if I did it right rudder, it would wag. Like almost every time. So then I lower my tail gain down, right? This, now I wouldn't have to. I could say, anytime I'm right rudder, you automatically lower my tail gain down three points or two points. So that I could get an overall higher gain value pretty crazy huh yeah that's pretty cool yeah that is like, like that's someone thinking like someone was like or <laughs> i could let them do this and this yeah mind blown on that one um but just so cool that they uh, that they allow you to do that and that's kind of the the theme from this whole this whole flybarless system is you know, we think we got it pretty good with all the basic stuff, but models are so different. It's like they they would rather you have the ability to tweak and tune every model the way that you want it right off the bat than have to wait for an update for it. Well, we've worked on this a little bit now that we feel that our stop gains are a little bit better. Well, why not just let everyone do it in the beginning? if you need to give you access to it. So they've kind of got like this, they dropped the the chip off their shoulder and allowed you to adjust so much stuff if you really want to. And I think that's really cool. Uh, we do have an auto trim, which works 
great when you have this activated. If you power up the unit at mid stick instead of at low stick, it'll activate the auto trim feature. Uh, you can tell this because the way that the way that this heli, it's actually really cool. The way when it initializes and you know that it initializes, it does two full swash rotations. It's like the uh, it's like a little samba. It goes all forward, right, back, left, all uh-huh. the way around. It rolls all the way around, and you can tell when the um, when the auto trim is activated because it'll do one pause and then it'll do the second one. Pick it up into the air, you know, same basic concept as a lot of other fly wireless systems with the auto trim. Try and keep you know minimum control inputs going for about a thirty second trim flight. And if you're actually looking at the software, the status bar will slowly start to move, uh, start to move to the right, all the way over into the green area, and then you're done. Now, when you land, you just move the collective stick all the way down and wait. After about three seconds, it stores those values, um, and you're good to go. Then you can go back over, um, click, copy those trim values to all the parameter sets, and they'll all be stored across all your parameter sets which is actually another thing that I think is kind of cool um, is the ability to do an auto trim, apply an auto trim to all the banks, but not change all the rest of your stuff in all the banks. Jesse, I know you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to copy one thing to all my banks, then I, I commit to knowing that everything is going to change. Yep. Yeah. A whole bit. So just being able to copy the trim flight, I think is uh is pretty cool. You know, and you can also load and save each parameter as well, which I really like. Okay. Time to uh let the old nerd hang out, okay? Data logging. Remember I mentioned that micro SD card in the front. It it I mean, we're talking it's like two to four gig. I don't know. You can put you can store a whole lot of data in there, let's just say that. The data logging and analysis in this thing is, I'm almost going to say unparalleled. For those of you who do multi-rotor stuff, Dan. Yes. We're in that realm now. Heli's, this this flybarless system has actually caught up with the amount of data logging. It is insane. Almost every little thing that your that this flybarless system thinks and does is logged and can be displayed in dual graphs even so like i was mentioning this to you earlier if you have a tail problem i can do a flight go back bring up the log and look i can graph my input tail command against what the tail actually did yeah, that's nice. That's hmm. nuts. Now, okay, that is some advanced level stuff. But what it can tell you is like, whoa, wait a minute. I saw no input. I saw something change. Okay, I know my radio's not having a problem. I know I don't have a problem in my radio channel because it just did something really bad. And it didn't get a signal to do that. So huge, huge. I mean, the GPS, we can go back. We can look at all of the GPS logs. We can look at head speed. Remember we were talking about head speed? Now, we don't have to have that 
crazy awesome like uh our speed controller can be a little bit dumber let's say we have a speed controller that's not all that bright we can't look at logging on it but maybe i can tune the gain in it or from my governor so now i can actually graph out my head speed tweak and tune on my speed controller you know, or my nitro motor or whatever, and go back and look at the head speed and see, wow, that actually did hold a hundred RPM better. That's a really, really cool feature for tuning. If you're looking to get that last 10% out of everything. Vibration analysis. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, it's got it either logged or live. You name it. Let me ask you this, though, when it comes to the vibration and stuff like that, mm-hmm. does it, do they give you acceptable amplitudes? Yes. Okay. So it's not just some graph and you're like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. No, no, no. You can do that. Yeah. I mean, very, very, very explanatory everything. Every part in the software that I came across, um, at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm looking, I, I feel like I'm looking at the, the cockpit of a fighter jet, you know? <laughs> But then when uh-huh. I just took the time and read <laughs> Marvel Concept, right? Do you know, does it do KML files for Google Earth? Uh, you know? Because that is really cool. I don't know if you've messed with the KML files. I, mm, I, I believe that it does, but I'm, I'm not 100%. Yeah, one nice thing that, that, I'm, that I know based on what we do at work is... When you have when you have the ability to to log desired versus actual flight controls, it's a great forensic tool. Yes, I mean it can. What you know as we uh, you know as you get into these advanced logging, when something goes wrong, you're you're no longer left to go. Well, this is what happened when it crashed. You can literally go in, compare. Uh, desired versus actual flight controls, look at the VCCs and stuff like that, and you can see spikes in current and amp draw. And you can literally take what could be a relatively long forensic search and narrow down a problem very quickly with very advanced logging like that. Yeah, and the way that they, you know, now, I mean, people could say, well, wait a minute, okay, all right, that's pretty nerdy, but... Hey, how could you d- deal with this, but not a governor? You have to understand, and I get that, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, that was my first thing. But this is a part of the foundation of this unit. And the way that you get it now is in its infancy. I mean, right. this thing just came out. I feel like they put all of that in there because... Why not make the most powerful potential fiberless system you can? They can, I mean, don't think for one second, they're using these tools. These, you know, like when they're creating new features. My point is that the potential of this is huge. And that's something that I hope people are willing to like, I'm not I don't even want to use the word gamble because it's not really a gamble, but I hope they're willing to be like, okay, yeah, I really don't like that it doesn't have this, but 
Well, you know, at what? that price, yeah, and, and with what I can see here, yeah. that yeah, the potential here. This is not like a hundred dollar beast X and set up some blinky lights and done. When you start going into having features like this data logging and all of the parameter options to tune here, you are not messing around. This is some A game shit here. You know, and another way to look at that too, Nick, is adding a governor is literally like adding another application to a system. Whereas this data that they are gathering already exists. They have just simply gave you a, a way to access it and analyze it. So it, it's not like they had to add the logging. They just had to add a way to capture the data. Yes. The data happens. And that's that lack of the chip on the shoulder that I was talking about. That's that lack of arrogance. That's saying, we made something that is awesome. We want to share it with you. You know, I want to give you every feature. I never want you to plug this in and go, oh, man, you know what would be cool? I swear, everything, they. this to me is, you know what it's like? Okay, God, I'm so glad that he's not there. For me to hear you say this. <laughs> because I feel like I'd probably never hear the end of it. This is like the the jetty version of the fly barless system. It really is. I think he heard that. He's they, not even here, but I think he heard that. They took the approach of, we don't want you to say, you know what I really wish that it could do? Because they already want to have done. And like you said, the governor thing, all that is, is that is a small piece of something that takes a small amount of time in comparison to the grand scheme of this whole thing. Yeah. So they really put the effort into creating an incredible platform and then are going back and adding the smaller features. Um, okay, so enough with all the nerd stuff. Flight performance, because let's be honest, to me... That's the biggest thing. Dudes, you, you're not going to beat it. You're not going to beat it for 100 bucks. period. I don't think you're going to beat it for 200 bucks. period. I... God, without... Uh, I have no complaints. <laughs> How do I say that? I have no complaint. I like it a lot. <laughs> it flies great. No whipping. I had no problem tuning. Everything tuned exactly like the way that they explained it. Weird, right? That's a big thing. I got it up in the air and I was like, holy crap. Wow. This thing's rigid as hell. Okay. I read down through the parameters. Hmm, let's see. IDK. Hmm, makes it feel a little more flowy like a fly bar. Okay, let's tune that. Go back up. Dude, fixed it. Perfect. I like it. It actually worked. Everything that they said that each parameter did, did. And I did not need to tune. I didn't need to get into anything advanced. And that's what was kind of cool was that, and I kind of felt like I, I almost did it a little bit of a disservice, but it's a good thing. 
I didn't dig into the advanced stuff because I didn't need to. And that was really nice. I was expecting with all of that big, huge list of advanced features that, oh, I was going there. Like, we were going to dig into some P and some I and some D to get these last little deals out. Man, I just flew piss out of it. And it took it no problem. I would... <laughs> Careful. I know. Careful. <laughs> no question. No question. Top three. That's a gimme. Like, walk right into the top three. I'm not going to say it's the best. I'm not going to say it's third. I'm not going to say it's second. What I'm going to say is that on the 50 flights that I put on it, I had zero negative tendency. I just insert stick throwing and smiling. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I really did. I only tweaked main gains, agility, initial response just a little bit to get my feel. I even tried some other quote unquote feels and, and had no, you know, no problem getting there. Now I do want to be fair. I, you know, I flew this on one model and I, I did only put 50 flights on it. 50 flights is a good amount, but it's not every model. It's not every brand. It's not every size, even amongst the wall of my goblins. I have, uh, I have goblins that I swear you could put any fly barless system on and, and they would fly great because they just, for some odd reason, they're the easiest thing to tune. I have some that are real peckers to tune. They don't, you know, they're, they're <laughs> a challenge. So that part of it is model specific. But what gives me a lot of confidence is that I put it on a helicopter. I, it flew fantastic and I didn't have to go there. But I do have the confidence that if I needed to go there, all the fee- all the tuning is right there. I mean, it's not like I'm going to ever say, you know, I really wish they would have given me access to this because I can't quite get that last 5% out of the tail on my this model over here with a bat, you know, with a different tail ratio than this model over here. I just, I don't feel like that would be a problem at all. So... Zero complaints. None. If I were to wrap this all up, uh, let's see. I don't I just don't understand. I don't get how they got it to market at this price point. I actually was gonna ask you that. Like I don't I, I I'm dumbfounded. Is it in a, is it an introductory price or is it gonna I if it is I know that the the whole idea is low price, low price, low price. I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's going to stay at a hundred dollars. I'm about ninety nine percent sure that it wouldn't end up over one fifty. Hmm. So, ooh, <laughs> um, I, I flight performance wise, it's right there at the top. I mean, end of story. I am all I am going to make the bold shocker statement of you know I I love my V bars, I love my V control. Out of all the other fly barless systems that I have flown, if I was in a position right now where I could deal with um with what I believe is temporarily 
not having a governor built into the flybrother system, this is what I would fly. Hmm. It, this would be on all of mine. Because you, you just, I mean, you're not, you're, you will not beat it for the price. And with a couple more features, I mean, now we're, we're toe-to-toe with the best of the best. I don't understand how they came into it flying this good. That was the biggest shocker. I, I don't get that. You just, it doesn't happen. The rest of these Flybrother systems have been out there for years and years and years. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm a little blown away. It is missing some features right now that I think are holding it back. You know, no governor, um, no bailout. All the big boys have a bailout. And, all right, we were talking about the, the biggest thing, you know, can I tune it from my transmitter? No, we can't. Yet. Guess what they're working on <laughs> as we speak? The jetty integration for it. I mean, that's, that's right now with the governor being next right after that. So. Uh, what you're saying is if somebody were to go get one, they wouldn't be disappointed in it. I really do not think so. I mean, you just have to know going into it, you are not going to get those features immediately. If you're, if you're okay with that, I would say there's a next to nil chance that you would be disappointed with it at all. It's small, it's compact, it's inexpensive, and it flies the shit out of everything else that's, that's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, even remotely in that price range. You're not going to double the price and beat it, period. Nothing. Sorry, ain't going to happen. So I just don't want people to mistake it for an entry-level flybarless system because of the, air quotes, entry-level price. Because it's just, it's not. It is a top-of-the-line flybarless system that has not implemented some of its features yet. That's how I look at this. And I think Mm -hmm. that if you got it, and you gave it a shot, just looking through the software and flying it, you would very, very quickly see where I'm coming from when I say that. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's big. It's huge. It's a big deal. This is a, good, this is a player. We officially have a new member to the Players Club. Sweet. So, That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Uh, Kim for sending that over. What a blast! Um, it's it, it's it honestly caught me way by surprise. I was not excited to do this review <laughs> at all because uh, you know flybarless tuning is a pain in the butt. Learning a new system is a pain in the butt, but this was not a pain in the butt. I really enjoyed it, and I'm I feel like. With the amount of time that I had on it, I just I feel like I've only hit the tip of the iceberg with it. So I'm really glad that Justin is going to be able to, you know, he's going to be able to take this and spend more time on it. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, don't tell Justin. Sink flies the shit out of his freaking BD units, dude. There is no if this oh. thing works for speed. <laughs> No, no way. Uh, don't, tell him. Shh, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> it's just between us. 
<laughs> yeah, I dig it, Dan. I'd throw one of these on your freaking oxy on anything. I wouldn't even flinch at it. And I, I am really excited to see where they are at this time next year. I mean, be interesting to yeah, uh, okay. to see how it holds up to the vibrations of a gasser. Yeah. Oh, so get this. Okay, I didn't talk about it in the review because it's it's like. At a certain point, this could be just like diarrhea of the nerd for an hour, but they actually have a tunable parameter for filtering the gyros. Oh, nice. For <laughs> high vibration application. Wow. I mean, really? <laughs> That's why I say I feel there's a lot of potential. This to me, buying this is a is a is an investment. That's how I look at it. That once you get it, you're going to be very pleased with and continue to be more pleased with in the future. Do you know much about that? Um, those parameters to, to tune out vibrations, um, how, how they handle that? Is that with like a Calman filter or something? Uh, like that? that I do not know, but the, okay. So here's the cool deal. Uh, you know, Danny from uh, demon arrow and arrow panda, he's, you know, he's dealing with the U.S. side of it and giving them lots of feedback. This is the R2 guys. They are, I'm sorry, guys, they're nerds. I mean, these guys, these dudes are nerds at heart. They do not mess around. <laughs> I, what's cool is that because of how knowledgeable these people are, any questions that you have, just, just shoot them a message. Send them an email. They're great. These are all really, really sharp guys. And you're going to get your questions answered. Hmm. Excellent. This is a like fun a, one. It's awesome. Sounds like a good, a good review there, Nick. Yeah. I love getting, oh, I love getting good ones. Man, I got, I freaking nailed two in a row. Like, I feel like I'm going to get a freight train of bad ones <laughs> now, which are just no fun because it's, you know, I, I've had people be like, man, I can't believe how much you've stuff to the next level. And I, I just, I love to see that in the hobby. Well, that sounds awesome. Is it, you got anything on the horizon, uh, review wise, or? Um. Well, if we, you know, if we can get this battery review thing put together, I, uh, that's kind of in the mode that I'm in. You know, we've <laughs> we've talked about this before. We have people. Oh, you know what you need to do? You guys need to do this. You guys need to do that. You need to do this. And I'm over here in the most polite way possible. Like, I got an idea. I'm gonna do all the stuff that I feel like doing. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have any time to do hardly anything. And if you want me to come on every week with a smile on my face, we're going to do the shit that Nick wants to do. <laughs> so sorry guys. I know sometimes people just get so excited, you know, people, but Oh, I've gotten hounded about Sim stuff lately. Right. I dude, I get, I get it. I love it. I'm not in a Sim mode right now. When I get in a Sim mode, you're going to get, Everything that I've got, I love sharing, but I, that's not where I'm at right now. I'm having a lot of fun with the the current sensor stuff and battery stuff. So that's what I'm hoping to do is kind of optimize uh, on that for now. Excellent. Nice. Well, it's kind of getting to be about that time. We should probably wrap this up. But before we do that, we should maybe get some emails. What do you think? We should, but there's one more quick little Definitely. thing. Oh, there's more? There's well, yes, I forgot. How could I not throw in 
and let everyone know about the cool promotion. So um, the three DG is available over at aeropanda.com. Uh, they did this to keep the price at a hundred bucks. How long it stays at that price is something that even um, Danny doesn't honestly know. But if you go over there, like the Facebook page, uh, sign up for the newsletter at Aeropanda, and then uh, like just send them a message on anything. Be like, dude, heard the review, whatever. They'll throw in a three-digit T-shirt with the purchase of the system. Nice. Yeah. So just go over there, like their stuff, support them, say, hey, heard the review, turned out awesome, that's why I'm getting it, and they'll throw in a three-digit T-shirt for you. Excellent. Now we can do emails. Now we can do emails? Yes. All right. I'm going to start with Jesse this time because screw you, Nick. Oh, yeah. So if you want to get a hold of me... You could send me an email to jesse at rclnation.com or you could uh, catch me on Facebook. Now it's your turn, Nick. Okay. <laughs> you can get a hold of me at nick at rclnation.com, uh, NWM Tech on HeliFreak, or catch me on my Facebook page at nicklandrchn. If you wanted to send Justin an email and wish him well, hope you're for a speedy recovery, you could do that at justin at rclnation.com. I'd- He's on Facebook. Uh, you can catch him there. You can also catch him on. Uh, uh, go, go ahead and give me the name of his uh, speed page. M S H F S H F S. Ha! If you haven't liked his page, it's not just his. It's a group of guys, the speed guys. Go over there and click like. Follow what he's doing there. Uh, they're very active over there. Uh, they have uh, weekly questions. I don't know. Do they win stuff with those questions or is it just bragging rights? Do you know anything about that? I notice they ask questions every week. I don't know if there's anything. No, I think they're just, just trying to... Get some involvement. Yeah, they're they're trying to get involved in it and then it'll grow it into being even better. So go over there and give that Facebook page a like and uh, maybe we'll throw it on the show notes if uh, we can talk Jesse into to adding that to the show notes. Yeah, I can be bragged. <laughs> If you have a question about shirt, citizen registration, uh, anything, you just want to say, hi, Ken, you're a swell guy, you can do that at Ken at RCLNation.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan at RCLNation.com. Also on Facebook, Dan K. Reed, and the forums as well. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to, you know, it's going to be kind of a rare occasion. The three of us are going to hang out tomorrow. We're looking forward to the weekend, get some stuff flying. We're going to have a good week. And on that note, guys, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Later. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, Spartan Flybarless Systems, and Superiority. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.